Ride me down easy. Ride me down easy, friend. Tonight, Cover Me is shining bright again. That's right, it's Cover Me. The only podcast that usually talks about famous songs and their many cover versions and compares them against each other to find out what the American dream is. But this week is doing an album review of Bruce Springsteen's brand new release, uh, Western Stars. Tonight the Western stars are shining bright again. Joining me as always is my co-host. Uh, fuck, I didn't even say who I was, did I? Yeah, who are you? Who am I? You I'm your host as always, a washed up Jake Cressy. Yeah, joined by my my broken stuntman of a co-host, Alex Mildenberger. Alex, this album came pretty much out of nowhere for me. Um, I wasn't expecting it to exist either. If that's what you're saying. Yeah, like I saw, I saw when Tucson Train got released as a single, and that was like maybe a couple weeks before the actual album dropped. Right. That was, yeah, it was May 30th, so yeah, exactly two weeks. I don't think I saw any of that stuff. I ju- it was just like, got the Spotify, like, release radar, Western Stars, check it out. You listen to a lot of Bruce Springsteen, I said, ah, Spotify, you know me too well. <laughs> but I do listen to a lot of Bruce Springsteen, that is true. Yeah, this is, this is his 19th studio album. And uh, his first solo one since, what is it called? It's like Satan in the Dust or something? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Devils in Dust? Devils in Dust might be it. In it sounds like a more real name. I'm just looking. I'm just looking yeah, 2005 the, is the yeah. year. And so apparently that one was kind of a trash heap. Well, I haven't listened to it. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know why it was supposed to be a trash heap? Not really, if I'm being honest. Yeah. But uh, one of the reviewers who reviewed this uh, album compared it to being prodded by Satan with a pitchfork for 50 minutes. That sounds all right. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. 50 minutes? I think I could make it through. I can make it through. And just prodding. Like, that doesn't sound that bad. Yeah, and that's right after The Rising, too, which is kind of like a big deal, mm. I think, in terms of like well, post 9 a... 11 America. I, I, I'll. Gonna be honest with you, haven't listened to that one either. Uh, that's all yeah, I know either. from you know reading things. I mean, we were just talking about this before we actually started recording, yeah. but like most of my Bruce Springsteen knowledge is much earlier. Like the latest I have is probably besides this album and uh, the We Shall Overcome sessions where he does country covers. Right. I know uh, Tunnel of Love. Yeah, like anything before that um, is okay. I I don't even really know Tunnel of Love that well. But then after that, up until um, Wrecking Ball, like I, I've, I like Wrecking Ball. Wrecking Ball is pretty solid. I like Wrecking Ball. And The Promise, too, which was, of course, um, stuff recorded in the 70s. Or Yeah, The Promise fucking kicks ass yeah. just based on the unreleased stuff Yeah, that so, was then released on that. But There's definitely a, a large blind spot kind of in the middle for me. Mm-hmm. But that said, I think we both still consider ourselves big Bruce Springsteen fans. I mean, the, the I podcast do. is technically named after a Bruce Springsteen song. Yeah, it came on the other day when I was like in a store, and I was like, oh, cover me. <laughs> Amazing. And I was in a restaurant. Yeah. That's where I was. Oh, nice. Doesn't matter. Cool. So you heard it. You heard cover me. Yeah, I know. A hit. famous song. I heard a popular song on the radio. Amazing. Yeah. Is, is Cover Me actually happen? that that popular of a Bruce Springsteen song? I think at the very least, like Born in the USA 
is very popular. Yeah, so, it's a popular album. Yeah. So, I mean, if anything is going to be played, it's probably something off of that. Yeah, that's fair. With a few um, other with a few other exceptions, of course. Yeah. So this uh I guess talking about the lead up to this album a bit, there was four singles released for this. Uh and in chronological order, that was Hello Sunshine, which was released on April 26th along with a uh, lyrics video. There goes My Miracle, which was released on May 17th, then Tucson Train, which we already mentioned on May 30th, which also had a music video. And then the title track, Western Stars, was dropped as a single on the same day the album released. It's almost reverse order of the album. Yeah, that is, almost. yeah, just about to a T. Um, so yeah, like, yeah sorry. no, go ahead. Nope, nope, I changed my mind. God, God damn you, Alex. So uh, Springsteen sort of talked about it in April of this year, mentioning that the album was influenced by Southern California pop music of the 1970s, mentioning artists like Glenn Campbell and Burt Bacharach. Oh, I didn't and, see that interview, and I did not check out those artists, and I do not know anything about them. Um, I know Glenn Campbell, I, I believe, because he has a song called... Hang on, I think it's called, like, Wichita Line Man or something. Okay. Let me let me check some... Yeah, Glenn Campbell, Wichita Line Man. I know that because the line, I need a small vacation, is uh, sampled in a gorilla's track off the album The Fall. Oh... Those sam- samples are a great way to learn about, like, older songs, I think. Yeah, aren't they? I used to, like, hate samples because I was a dick. But, like, mm-hmm. no, I think, uh, yeah, they're great. Yeah, they really do get to expose you to kind of two songs at once sometimes, exactly. if not more, depending on the go track. go back and listen to, like, Bond themes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now... Yeah, so that's how I know Glenn Campbell. I've heard Wait. the name Burt Bacharach. Couldn't fucking tell you a single thing he's done. Burt Bacharach. Burt Bacharach. He's got a rad fucking name. Yeah, I don't even know how to spell it. And like Bach, like the composer. Oh, really? And then as if you were to rhyme it with that, a rock. Oh, spelled I see. similarly. Yeah. Bacharach. Oh, he I does. Don't... Does he does what the world needs now is love? He does what the world needs now is love, yeah. And I'll never fall in love again. Oh, which is apparently in Austin Powers. Okay, I can believe that. So yeah, and and just even mm. I've just popped up. I'll never fall in love again, and I can kind of hear some of that musical influence. Yeah, I'm trying to remember if I've seen. Anyway, I've only seen one of the Austin Powers movies, so I don't know. I don't remember if that really? was the one I saw or not. Did you know that uh, the director of that? Director of those films is married to uh, one of the Bangles. Which one? I have to take a look at their names now to remember it. It is Susanna Hoffs. Oh. Susanna Hoffs. And she, Susanna Hoffs does actually appear in, I think, all, I want to say all three films, at least two of them. Now I got to watch them again because I now know who Susanna Hoffs is. Yeah, so she appears in all three, and uh, she's in, like, the band. She looks, I think Austin Powers has a band in most of them. Sure, and so she, I, it's she, been a she, while. she, like, plays in that band. It's been a while. I only saw the second one, so... Maybe that's okay. the one she's not in. Probably not. No, she's in all three. Oh, okay. Never mind, then. Let me inhale sharply. As Please, we thank you. return to talk about 
Bruce Springsteen and his album Western Stars. Yeah, you know, for for people who have been seeing all the music releases and have been thinking, well, what about me and my blue collar, Bruce Springsteen? <laughs> oh man, did you just reference an old YouTube video? I did reference a Power Thirst Two from like <laughs> twelve years ago. I want to say. Sweet. Um. Yeah, that sounds about right. Actually, possibly even earlier. Yeah. It's uh. Yeah. <laughs> So another no, thing that funny. Bruce Springsteen says about this album is uh, he, he says he's called it a return to my solo recordings featuring character-driven songs and sweeping cinematic orchestral arrangements. Yeah, that's a good description of it. Uh, I mean, I think we're done here. Um, yeah, I think yeah, uh, he good. really has kind of hit the up. nail on the head. Like, <laughs> um, another thing I, I saw uh, was a quote where he said like he was having trouble writing it. He had some writer's block. Mm-hmm. But then he just hit a point, and he was like wondering, like, can I do this anymore? Like, is this? Am I done? Can I? Can I write songs? And then, like, a couple months later, he just like had written them. And he's like, I don't know. It, it worked out, I guess. So that's great. <laughs> great for him. Yeah, that's phenomenal. It's uh, an in- another sort of interesting fact is I I saw in one of the reviews they're like the interesting part about solo Bruce Springsteen albums is they're perhaps the least like revealing of his personal life. You think so? They think well, so. Well, yeah. They sing in the fact that these songs are all about characters. I guess so. But there's some pretty strong, I will say, themes throughout. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> that I but would say in... maybe are a little bit kind of elucid his his own opinions and in, in life, but maybe not. Maybe he's just trying yeah, to Yeah, maybe. But there's certainly another certain layer between it, even at the very least, between that and say like a Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band, where like he's it's very clear that he's talking about his life in those. I guess so. I know there was another uh, another interview I saw with him where he's talking about like his father was dying, and he asked him which of his songs were his favorites, and he said, "Oh, the ones about me." So I guess yeah, there is a a clear. Um, maybe a little more obvious who he's talking about in in those but i don't i don't know it's not something i really thought about when i was listening to it because i just kind of assumed it was all supposed to be him but but in this song it just happened to be through the lens of like an actor or a stuntman yeah well in some sense it is i i guess i would agree with you on that too it is about him it's as much as it is about americana bruce springsteen essentially is americana I guess. He seems to be pretty legit. You see him talk about things, and he's like, well, I'm super successful, but, like, still have this weird air of, like, just it being a job that he happens to really like. Like, I I don't know, it's very odd. He, like, still lives in New Jersey. Yeah, he said he, I think he he moved away for a while, and he's like, I just had to get back. I'm like, okay. Yeah, he moved, um, uh, I was watching an interview, and he's like, yeah, I moved to Los Angeles for about five years, and he's like, even then, it was about half time in Los Angeles, half the time in New Jersey. New Jersey. And then, when his kids got to about, like, six years old, he's like, now we're going to New Jersey, fuck this. Yeah, I know he mentioned it in his, um, if you listen to Springsteen on Broadway, um, Mm -hmm. he says, like, talks about Born to Run, and how it's about, like, getting out of your hometown or whatever, and moving past, and then he mentions, like, I also live ten minutes away from where I grew up, like... (laughs) <laughs> yeah he's a very real person yeah uh, i think it's a warrant I, I saw this from a youtube comment so take this to the grain of salt but he was like 
the guy said it. I think Warren Zavon said it best when he said that Bruce Springsteen is exactly who you expect him to be. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's kind of comforting too, you know? You always hear, like, don't meet your heroes or whatever. Is that how they say it? Anyway. Yeah. Um, but, like, when they're exactly how you expect them to be. I guess if they present themselves in an honest way, then they would be. Mm-hmm. They're being real. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think, I think Bruce Springsteen is an honest artist. Mm, and, so. uh, yeah, so it's the critical reception on this has been pretty positive. It's got mm. a meta score of 84 on uh, Metacritic. You know, I forgot to on... look up reviews for this. I was going to after I finished everything, but then I finished okay. it and, like, was tired, so I went to bed instead. Yeah, well, I thought this was going to be an easier endeavor than our regular episodes, but it's actually more difficult. Yeah, um, it, it's harder because a lot of the times you can kind of listen to the original a couple times and like get an idea for the structure and then sort of compartmentalize in that way and think of it just in terms of you know those pieces uh, mm -hmm. that you kind of can get and how they are different and how they are the same or whatever but this is like well now there's 13 songs and they're all different well mostly. yeah and, and like i think we will find there are certain album themes that i mean like we i said that bruce springsteen quote it's character driven pieces with a cinematic orchestral arrangement and you could honestly just leave the review at that if that yeah. sounds appealing to you go like, for it if it doesn't don't but yeah really let me see here so uh debuted at number two on the u.s billboard 200s beat out by madonna's madam x I didn't which even, also came out recently i didn't even know she had a new anything out yeah it's uh spotify doesn't tell me about madonna you don't listen to enough Madonna, man. Well, I guess that's my own fault. I'll have to and rectify so, that. And so, let's see. So there's 66,000 album equivalent units. Uh, an expression I don't fully understand. Is that just, that's for streaming? Um, I think that's for purchases. So maybe people bought singles as well, and you kind of add those to... So like every 13 singles sold is like... An album, album equivalent. Okay. Yeah. Fine. So, of which sixty-two thousand of those were just album sales. What was the total again? Uh sixty-six thousand. Oh, so like straight up, just selling, actually selling an album. Mm-hmm. Which I would think is less common. Yeah, particularly in today's market. Although, if the other, if the alternative is buying a single, I could see why maybe that is less popular. I don't know. I guess like Well the thing is like with services like iTunes you can yeah. pick and choose songs, right? Like it's yeah. you don't necessarily are restricted to what so was packaged most of as the a sales, single. Sorry. Most of the sales came from like the whole thing. Which I yeah, don't know how that compares to other thing. things. But I guess that means that people wanted to hear the entire thing. Mm-hmm. So this is actually uh Springsteen's twentieth US top ten album. Wait a minute. Twentieth? I guess there's because you said it was his ninth 19th album? 19th studio album. Studio album, right. I guess there's lots of other stuff. Yeah, this is my question to you. What are the, the kinds of albums beyond studio and live? I guess compilation probably Comedy. is one. <laughs> if he yes. has one of those. Yeah. <laughs> I would be jokes. thrilled if he had one of those. I don't know. What are the, like, uh, I'm thinking he's got Springsteen on Broadway, but obviously that is, like, technically a live album. Yeah, in like a probably pretty controlled environment. And I guess great are what are greatest hits ones considered compilation albums? Or are they just? I, I would they're think not so. studio albums. No, although they're probably mostly studio recordings, but not exclusively. I don't know. Mm hmm. 
Yeah, so just a, a, a neat little fact there. Um, Wikipedia li- lists this album as being both pop rock and country. Which I believe it's got some pretty, a lot of the times, heavy country sound. Heavy country influence, and we're both we're both out as not big country fans. But we are both out as Springsteen fans, so that is definitely a situation I would uh, be a little more lax in that for. Um, yeah, that's just I guess my own biases, but yeah, there's definitely some like slide guitar and stuff, and I like that those things. You know, this is more. Mm-hmm. It, it sounds more old school to me. I would think because it's like you got like a fiddle. And like a slide guitar, as opposed to yeah, like, it's definitely like old school country. It's not like pop country. I don't think. Maybe it is. No, to a degree, maybe in some ways there probably. he might be pulling some elements, and yeah. I might point that out on like one track is coming to mind. But okay, uh, like yeah, honestly, it sounds like old country. Uh, did you get Will to listen to this at all? Because he's our a resident country expert. No, I should have. Tell him to do it right now. Yeah, tell him to fucking get on it. Okay. Uh, no, totally we kind of danced around it. Should we uh, just jump into the first track? Kind of. Let's. Yeah. Let's talk, talk about number one. Number one, which is hitchhiking. Hitchhiking. Some stuck out as I go. I'm just traveling up the road. My hitchhiking. Hiking, hitchhiken. Got to stop at the yeah. end because the apostrophe. Hitchhiken, like Michigan. Yeah, totally. It's all about states. It's Americana. Right. So this one is uh, the first song, obviously. Uh, it talks about sticking his thumb out. This one, um, you know, at this, I was not thrilled with the beginning the first time I heard it. Yeah. It sounded to me like... Not great poetry. I don't know why. Just that first I, line. It definitely leans in that direction. Yeah, and I was worried about it because of that. I'm, I'm, I worry. I worry sometimes. I worry. Oh about yeah, you. it's. I did feel like a similar worry to the like when David Bowie released the first single from the next day. Right. I was worried and about it, that too, which turned out to be totally crazy. But yeah. Yes, I was. And also, that single is phenomenal. Yeah, it's a great song. Uh, it's in a retrospect, fantastic song. But sometimes it takes a minute. This one definitely grew on me a lot, especially after I started looking into it a bit. Yeah. Um, because like he's talking about being a hitchhiker, traveling along the road. Uh, but I think more importantly, at least to me, he's talking about being with people and and learning their stories. Hmm. And I think that's kind of. That that really is is what he's done for a lot of his his career. Like that's his thing. He he tells kind of other people's stories, um, especially like you were saying. You know, it's vignettes about. Oh, my voice died. Oh. Okay, it's better. Vignettes okay. about like things happening to American people for the most part. Even like yeah. if you listen to a Springsteen on Broadway and he's talking, he says like. Has this whole bit about like how he's never worked in a factory and he's never held down a, a nine to five job and has never worked five days in a week until he did this Broadway show like last year. And then yeah. he said, I made it all up. It's all fake. I'm just that good. So it's that basically. 
God damn it, I'm charmed by Bruce Springsteen just by you talking I about know, him. I know, and I'm not even Bruce Springsteen. I'm just kind I'm just uh, paraphrasing him. So Yeah. Yeah, it's uh that that's to me what this song is about. And I You're know, absolutely right. Yeah. And if you look at cuz if we look at the verses, the first two are to our setup that is he, he is a hitchhiker. And then he talks about the family man, his pregnant wife, the trucker, and the the dude with a nice car, the gearhead. And, and those are the verses that like make up the majority of the song. Yeah, and those are all like super I like the makes it sounds very like American. It's like the young couple, like with stars in their eyes and a kid on the mm-hmm. way. And like the trucker just like making his living, like driving around the country, seeing the countryside and like his girls back home, you know. And of course the car guy. And that's yeah. Cars come up a lot in Bruce Springsteen songs too. Like Yeah, it's very American. It's extremely American. That's gonna come it, it is, we're yeah, gonna say that. It's we're gonna Americana. say that again. Yeah. To the to the nth degree. And it's like if it would I would almost make the argument for this being the setup for a, a sort of concept album if the the descriptions of the people were more pointed to be related to the other songs, but it right. kind of sets up the concept of this album, which is these Americana vignettes. It's this person over here, this person in this part of America. Definitely. Definitely. It's uh, and this is the first one. He has a line in here, and I'm not sure. I I'm gonna argue that the correct version of the lyrics is wrong, so I can put forth an idea that comes up later. But his uh, in the second verse, he says, "I'm hitchhiking all day long, got what I can carry and my song." I'm wondering if what I can carry in my song would be a better read of that line in like what he can carry within it so it, it the song is like the payload that he's that he's traveling around Hmm. well that, i mean that's definitely part of the song is with that line kind of introduces the idea and i think some of the other songs are more about like being on the road specifically and this is yeah. less about traveling but it's still introducing him as like a traveling like minstrel or a bard or whatever. Like he's mm-hmm. really this like folk musician who's seeing the countryside and meeting. Yeah, and that's and uh like with that in mind, I'm songs. wondering if any of these songs are the same character but multiple times. I don't know. Or like or just him meeting more people. And maybe. I know some of them like let's see, I mean the next song, maybe more than any, is definitely about like feeling the need to be on the road and move and getting restless. So probably that more than anything, and uh, or or just being maybe a place that he goes to. So it could be, although I don't know about all of them. Yeah, I don't think it's uh, one person throughout the songs at all, except for the sense that it's Bruce Springsteen talking to us through them, but. Some of them, I feel like, have enough connection that it might be one to two takes on the same character. I think so. I think I think that could that could be possible. Uh, we'll we'll get through it and we'll see if we can uh, draw some connections. Yeah. So uh, we'll talk about some of the uh, instrumental composition here, which we're gonna find comes up pretty similarly in a lot of these. This one starts out with just acoustic guitar and banjo, and then sort of things slowly build. Throughout the song, we get an orchestral arrangement moving in. 
Right. And uh, then we get a little more near the two-minute mark. We start to get some bass in there. Yeah, it's a lot of, I mean, a lot of that, like, building thing. And it's really, like, like there's the guitar. There's, like, kind of, I don't know if the slide guitar thing is on this one, but it's in a lot of them. Uh, there's the, the strings. There's the horns. And, and then the bass. And it's just, like, various combinations of those. Um, and yeah. a lot of time, it the instrumentation doesn't really stick out too much. But, yeah, this one does have, like, a really building feeling. As you get, like, mm-hmm. kind of, like, this is really, this is still pretty sparse. Like, the bass, like you said, but it uh, comes in, but it's still just playing, like, root notes, basically. And it's, like, every couple measures. Like, it plays the changes in the chords. Yeah. Like, usually when we use the term build on this podcast, there's mu- something much more dramatic going on, you know? But in this sense, it just sort of, instead of heightening the scope of the song, it sort of just broadens it. Yeah, like, the energy... It's not the same. It's not like a huge like punk rock anthem or anything, or even something like "Born to Run" to use another uh, Bruce Springsteen that builds quite a bit and then like kind of mm-hmm. does that big drop down and that's been emulated for sure a couple times in other songs. Um, but yeah, it stays stays pretty low, and the f- whole album is pretty subdued. Yeah, absolutely. So this is, but this is kind of the. More, I, I would call this one. No, do what I call this one that? It's more like hopeful. It's about like the possibilities of of the future. Like he's he's wandering and meeting people, and not so much thinking about the future necessarily. A lot of them are thinking about like what will happen or what has happened, but this one mm-hmm. is just talking about what is happening. Yeah, it's very much in the present moment, and it's it is a sort of peaceful track. Um seems very reflective and i know when we talked about summer music a couple episodes back you mentioned that you're very reflective in the summertime so i wonder if going through this album was that does this feel like a summer album to you in that sense maybe i mean i didn't i forgot about saying that but uh <laughs> I, I really i really think about the thing i really remember the things i say if they're um important but I would, yeah, when you, I mean, it, it feels like Midwestern, like, cowboys, and, like, cowboys are always in the hot desert. Cowboys, right. there's no cowboys in snow. I haven't played um, Red Dead Redemption 2, though, so. Because <laughs> you start immediately in snow. Yeah, I know, game. I do know that. Because uh, <laughs> your, your horse balls shrink. Because that was, <laughs> that was a, a, like, selling point I, I remember seeing in a video. They're like, look, your horse. I mean, yeah, what else is there to say about it? Your horse balls shrink. Yeah. Man, speaking of horses, there's a horse on the on the front of the album. Yes. Oh, do you remember? This is so stupid. <laughs> I'm apparently just bringing up old internet references on this one. Do you remember Blamimations when they did the John Dykus show? Oh. He was like... Uh... Let, let, it was let that me, radio let me, let me, host. Let me talk. Edgewise. Let me talk. Is that the one? <laughs> yeah, that's the one. <laughs> And then, like, a these, dude these just women. calls anyway, in. Sorry. <laughs> and, he's, and he's just like, hey, John, big fan, long time. Can you turn me into a beautiful black foal? <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I seem to recall he does do that. Yeah, he does, in fact, do that. <laughs> and then he, and then, yeah, and then he turns into a foal. <laughs> <laughs> but so that's what, is, that was, that's what the album cover made me think of. <laughs> John Dykus. Except I guess Bruce Springsteen called in. 
<laughs> All right. I think we should. Um, yeah, I think we've exhausted the first we've, song. We've talked about the first song enough. Um, so, second song, The Wayfarer. Same sad story, love and glory, going round and round. It's the same old cliche, wanderer on his way, slipping from town to town. The Wayfarer. Now, this is the first one that actually, like, hooked for me, and I was like, oh, this is a good song, and I want to come back to this. Okay. Um, what about it hooked for you? Um, just, it's a little more upbeat, I think, than a lot of the tracks on this. It starts out with these sort of, like, staccato notes. These dun, dun, yeah, I like that staccato bum, piano chords. Bum, 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 bum. Um, and then kind of has the, like, the other thing is, I think, compared to Hitchhiking, and Hitchhiking had it a bit, but a lot of these songs are going to have, like, one riff that yeah. they're based around. And this is more concrete, I think, in that than Hitchhiking, even though Hitchhiking kind of mm-hmm. had one that comes up more near the end. Yeah, but it's well, more like this... a boot it so it feels less like a riff, but in the Wayfair, you really get, like, right off the bat with the boon like Yeah, it establishes it, and then puts it to the side for a bit because it takes the strings out, Right, but it, like, tells you what the main riff is going to be, and so I think from a sort of subconscious perspective, we kind of appreciate that. And we're like, oh, I know what to look for, like, to predict. Yeah, it's so definitely compared to, yeah, there's something you can, like, latch on to. Mm-hmm. Hum, and hum, it's the uh, more, a more familiar hum. Bruce Springsteen voice for me. On the Hitchhiking one, he's a little more in his countryside. Some of the stuff you'll see on the We Shall Overcome album, if you ever listen to that. Right. But this one feels more like traditional Bruce Springsteen to me. Yeah, also, that first line, same sad story of love and glory. Iconic. Totally iconic. Oh, yeah. That's, oh, that's a fucking good line. <laughs> and it's, uh, yeah, it kind of speaks to Bruce Springsteen's self-awareness, the lyrics of this, because I would say this might be the closest to him as a touring musician for most of his life. Right. It's definitely is... talking, like, it, it's about, like, moving around and, like, seeing other people who are not doing that moving around and, like, kind of mm-hmm. having this knowledge that they are satisfied in that but really and like see like understanding that they're like what they're getting out of it but just not really being able to do that yourself like just yeah. feeling restless like you need to constantly move around you're like i see everyone around me like they're with their families and and they're sleeping peacefully in their beds at night but like i'm on the road and i feel like i need to be yeah exactly because he says um when I go to sleep, I can't count sheep for the white lines in my head. And the white lines are, I think, quite obviously the lines on the highway. Right. Not cocaine. Yeah, no. <laughs> but that is also, yeah. Um, it reminds me, uh, Joni Mitchell's song, Coyote, um, mm. which also uses, like, a talks about white lines. We're talking about the highway kind of indirectly. But I don't know. Not, not really related, but definitely the same words yeah definitely pulling and like i was gonna mention it but that idea of a main riff that all the instruments sort of play around is very uh jazz slash i want to say like bluegrass influenced the riff you think well yeah and just in no and the way they use it not in essentially the notes that compose the oh, riff. I see. so it's not like a jazz scale or anything no, but the way in that every instrument kind of gets to take a shot at it, right, shot at and it, like kind of solo around with it or whatever. Mm-hmm, yeah, and everything kind of builds around that riff, 
And in one sense in saying that, it sounds like I'm just talking about how songs are made. Right. But I think it is it is a particular style of writing songs though, of writing music. Mm-hmm. The sort of emphasis on a riff, because I feel like with a lot of tracks on this album, there's not a vast sense of movement so much as there is the singular riff that kind of like turns and folds in different ways as you progress. Right. If you even get that, a lot of them are kind of more sparse and, and you don't even really get much more than like kind of background sounds almost to a poem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is almost a like a a vocal showpiece or a, something something approaching spoken word poetry. Yeah, which is like I'm going to bring up Springsteen on Broadway again. That's like slow versions of Bruce Springsteen songs interspersed with like Bruce Springsteen slam poetry about his life Mm -hmm. so if that's what you're into and that's what i'm into check it out yeah it's yeah it's not an uh, an album i've ever come back to uh, springsteen on broadway at least not yet but it was incredibly moving yeah i mean i to it not always in the mood to sob for hours so yeah i mean i just don't have the time (laughs) i'm busy and so like i can't listen to in the car i gotta look Mm -hmm. at the road Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, so uh um let me so, see I mean, if yeah, I that's the general I mean this. it's about about life on the road, kind of. It's about be not just life on the road, but also um his sort of satisfaction with that, like talking about why he does it. Yeah, while acknowledging that his life is a cliche in the second line of the song, he says same it's old the story. same old cliche. Oh yeah. That first same first line story, same sad same story. Like, you've heard this before, but it still doesn't make it any less true. You yes. Know? There's a reason it's a cliche. And, yeah, it's just, I, again, it brings up these big images of the road and uh, just, yeah, like, real Americana ideals. And you get this sense, there is a sense of sort of hurt in, I think, a lot of the tracks on here. Okay. Like, in, even in, in so? verse 2, for example, he says, You start out slow in a sweet little bungalow, something two can call home. Then rain comes falling, the blues come calling, and you're left with a heart of stone. A line right. like that, I think, speaks to the personal experience of the character in this song. Right. And I guess the other thing is, I mean, again, relating into the first line of the song, about, it, like, the same sad story, he's kind of saying, like... Even though, like, they are sort of stable. They're in this stable environment, but there's still pain. There's still um, mm-hmm. rain that falls. Yeah, and your and quest like, for stability yeah. can actually leave you in an incredible upset and, you know, turn your heart to stone. It can actually basically kill you, in a sense. Right. But then he... And, I mean, even he can experience pain. Like, that's kind of what brings them together, maybe. Hmm. I, I don't uh, know if there's an explicit place that it mentions that, but that's now the vibe I'm getting. Yeah. Well, the bridge is what sort of interests me on that of that topic of his pain, because he asks, "Where are you now?" And I don't know if that's a question to himself, to some thing that he's chasing, or just a a question for us, the audience, to consider as mostly stationary beings compared to the Wayfarer. Which, maybe both. Could be both. Yeah, maybe all of the above. Yeah, that's always fun. Everybody's right. 
Mm-hmm. And of course, this is probably both songs so far a little bit feel very well, not maybe not so much hitchhiking, but but definitely comes up with these themes of like him being sort of isolated, or at least mm-hmm. a char- a main character who is like uh, isolated because it's definitely like you hear the story and they talk about themselves, but not really anyone else. And yeah. that's that's kind of what we get here. Like, and especially in this one, like he's on his own. He when he's traveling, everyone else is in their homes or asleep or whatever. Yeah, his his relationship to other people is definitely uh like separated. And even looking at the chorus, the line is "I'm a wayfarer," like the attention is on yeah. me. For sure. And it's interesting that that line actually has backup vocals on it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a wayfarer, baby. And at this point in the album, like, really, the lyrics are pretty sparse so far. Like, there's a lot of repetition. On this one, we only have, like, what, two actual verses? Right. I was, well, I was actually... No. Uh, uh, sorry. It's okay. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm gonna quit those words. Okay. Yeah. Um, should we talk about, we talked about sort of the starting instrumentation. This is another one that kind of builds to a large, like we get the horns coming in. That's true. But they don't come in until it's like probably two and a half minutes in or something. Yeah, that's what I got written here is 2.30. Um, and like then it comes in and it's like a bigger swell and everything plays that riff. But yeah. the thing is, like all the instruments, like even the brass instruments, have this like real like softness to them. Like they, it's mm-hmm. not a big sting or anything. Like it's kind of a gradual like, like it really, it doesn't. Like, yeah, it doesn't jump like rip eggs. like a yeah. saxophone does. Exactly. Or even like a really big like. Um, trumpet so like i'm sure there's a trumpet but mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's more subdued and the whole album is that way so yeah they're very rather than being a, a main front attraction they're sort of always complementary to the piece which is usually this sparse like guitar rhythm and a bit right. of strings yeah and so i guess the question the last question i really have to ask on it okay is uh the Wayfarer and the Hitchhiker, sort of similar. Are they the same person? I don't know yet. But they definitely, like, it makes sense that they are. Like, they could be. Mm-hmm. It's, it's problems both, definitely, like, from the perspective, more or less, of Springsteen. So, just, like, slightly different approaches to that. Yeah. Now, does it say, like, in The Wayfarer... Does it say, like, what he does? He talks about how he goes from town to town. Yeah, but what is he actually doing He never really says what he does. No. Which, he could be the same traveling minstrel type from the first one, for sure. Yeah, but now that I think about it, it. in the chorus he says, my wheels are hissing up the highway, spinning round and round. So he has his own car. I suppose. Yeah, I mean, and that makes sense, too. So it could be just kind of totally separate thing that is a Yeah, but in a sense, they are almost... Thematically. Like, they do work in contrast to each other. In one, you have the man who travels but doesn't technically have the means to do it. 
he hitchhikes. He doesn't have his own vehicle. Right. And because of that, he's kind of always meeting people. And, mm-hmm. and he's less isolated versus the Wayfarer who's traveling. Yeah, and who more so sort of sees people. Yeah, but doesn't interact with them so much. Mm-hmm. And thinks about it. Thinks about it, because he's a Wayfarer, baby. And he's genial. Yeah. Don't actually know if that's true. I don't know if that's true He's either. a cowboy. They're all On cowboys. On steel horse, he rides. They are God all cowboys. It. Should we talk about Tucson Train? Let's talk about this cowboy who's on a train. I got so down and out in Frisco Tired of the pills and the rain I picked up hit it for the sunshine I left the good um, so I want to start off saying the uh, percussion on this sounds like a train, right? Yes, that's the beginning. Definitely, it's the like, and that's actually consistent sound. throughout the song. I'm not sure that's consistent throughout the song. Hang on. Okay, it might not be right in the middle, but it is there for a lot of it. Okay, it comes out through. In the music video, he's kind of like playing his guitar at that part. It doesn't sound yeah. like a guitar to me. There seems to be the suggestion that it's some kind of muted strumming. I don't think that's correct. Yeah, well, I mean, unless you had some cr- pretty crazy effects. Uh, but yeah, that doesn't, doesn't... It's not what it sounds like to me, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, interesting one yeah. for lyrics in this is the time 5.15. Okay, because he says 5.15, which I... was Is that the time, or is that like a train line? Oh, he says waiting on the 515. Is it the train line or is it the train? I thought... It's just an interesting number because it comes up in the uh, song, uh, in David Bowie's song, right. which I believe is called An- 515 Angels Have Come. Have they come or gone? Angels have gone. But also it comes up in uh, one of the Who's songs. Yeah, Angels Have Gone is what it is. 515... Train overdue. Also about a train. But maybe that comes at 5.15. And maybe the 5.15 is like the train that comes at 5.15. I think that Yeah, that could very well be a way of referring um, to it, right? So yeah, I don't really know what that refers to, but it, it does come up. Mm-hmm. It's what, just what a, is the significance of the 5.15 train? Is that just because it's like the earliest after a work day? Yeah, maybe. Like 9 to 5, and then like you're on your first train, and you're getting out of there. Mm-hmm. Probably. It's, uh, it's just a it's just if, if y'all know anything about the time 515 hit us up on twitter hashtag 515 yeah i hope that's not anything else it's gonna be something sex related 505 is like a video game publisher okay they probably don't have a hashtag it's, it's either gonna be a sex thing or like a police code for something that you shouldn't be tweeting about i'm hoping it is it's probably an area code, too. Ooh. Oh, probably. Oh, probably, yeah. And it um, is Iowa. Iowa! Is okay. Iowa known for trains? I don't know. I'm not going to look into Iowa. There's no oh, time to research Iowa. We have to talk about there's, this song. There's no time. So uh, a lot more country voice from Springsteen on this track. Singing about a train. That's pretty country. Yeah. He so says he Frisco. Is a, yeah, Frisco, which is San Francisco. Oh. Ah. Did you not know that? No, I did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I did. He's, so it's, it's, it's a story about a guy who spends some time in San Francisco, uh, mm-hmm. but sort of 
decides that it's not for him and moves to uh, Tucson or at least yeah. Arizona. I believe he does move to Tucson because his baby, who I assume he met in San Francisco, is coming on that train. Yeah. Is it a train from Tucson? Or is it a train to Tucson? A, a train to Tucson. Okay. Because he, he says, I picked up Headed for the Sunshine in Tucson, right. Arizona. Yeah. It's a shiny place, I imagine. Phoenix is in Arizona, right? Phoenix is in Arizona. And that place is exceedingly hot, so I imagine Tucson's similar. Yeah, they got that desert thing going on. So, yeah, um, yeah I mean, it's it's another... This one is the first, like, I would say explicit... I don't know. This one is the first one that isn't, like... Doesn't sound like Bruce Springsteen singing a song about himself. Mm-hmm. To me. More so 100%. than the others. 100%. This is like less explicit Bruce Springsteen. Um, but it's again, it's it's he's he's trying to move to like this smaller town. I assume Tucson is smaller than San Francisco. Probably most places are. Yeah. Um, I would agree with that. And he's still waiting on his baby. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like she's not gonna show up. Yeah, you think the so? idea I'm getting. That's the idea I'm getting from this song. Hmm. Yeah, that's hmm. to me. This song is more about like needing to change in life, and the fact that right. you will have to leave something behind to okay. go to that next place. And he still like misses things. Like he still remembers and wishes she could come along, but it seems like she's not. Hmm. I'm not sure I agree. Okay. That's cool. What do you think? Oh, I think it's... Uh, let me see. Let me see what I got in my notes here. Um, yeah, so we left a love behind in San Francisco. We agree on that. Uh, da, da, da. He's, uh, yeah, so he has a lack of peace of mind, right? He came here looking for a new life. What I wouldn't have to explain to the voice that keeps me awake at night. Right. A more logical life that he mm-hmm. doesn't have to, you know, keep convincing himself is the right thing to do. One that makes sense to him. So, but, so my question to you, Alex, is why does he keep insisting that his baby is coming on the train? I think he, I think he wants her to. Like, he, maybe there's an open invitation. Um, mm. But, like, I don't know. It's just a lot of the lines. Like, he talks about, like, they fu- there's a lot of, like, even, let's see, seeing all our love was in vain. And there's a line mm-hmm. about, like, we fought till nothing remained. Um, right. And he carried that nothing. But now he has his sort of operator's license, carries mm-hmm. his operator's license. So he's, like, trying to just work. And, like, it says uh, there's no time for thinking, I think, at some point. Is that, is that the right song? Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. Hard work will clear your mind and body. Yeah, the so hard like, sun will burn out the pain. Yeah, so, like, he's just trying to sort of, I to think, distract himself from from the that yo you're 100% right now that I'm looking at it I'm waiting down at the station just praying to the 515 await all God's creation just to show where a man can change he goes to the 515 every day because he goes there immediately after work yeah and he's sort of taking up this hard-working job to one take his mind off of the pain of what happened in San Francisco but two to prove that he's a changed and better man fuck me how did I not pick up on this (laughs) you're so right (laughs) Yeah, that's what I got out of it. I don't no, think yeah. she's. I don't think she's coming. I don't think I don't she's think coming. She's bro. Coming. That and Sorry, that is man. 
damn, this is devastating now. <laughs> yeah, it's a very sad song. Yeah. But he's also, he's, a, I mean, one can extrapolate, not really based on the song, but because of my own, uh, like, personal philosophies that, like, he's still kind of moving, like, he's, he's, ho- he, there's hope for him. Like, mm-hmm. he's move he's himself moving on, and he needs to accept that he needs to leave things behind to move on. Yeah, it's, uh, it's almost like the song, the, like, Umberto Tozzi's Gloria, in Gloria, a sense. A little bit. It's kind of, like, obsessing, except Gloria probably doesn't exist. Exactly. This is about a real woman, but the yeah. scenario of her coming to him on this train maybe doesn't exist. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I see. I see what you mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's Tucson Train. Yeah, and that's, I, that's I don't know, devastatingly American, right? It's Yeah, it's so, like, bittersweet. Mm-hmm. Pushing yourself at this, uh, you know, this respectable job in the belief that it will somehow lead to the thing you want, even if there's not necessarily any logic connecting those points. For sure. For sure. Yeah, fuck me. You got me all fucked up on this one now. Um, <laughs> I thought it was very anachronistic that she would come in on a train. That's the only, like... <laughs> yeah, it is a little funny. Uh, I guess that's kind of that country thing. Country is a little anachronistic a lot of the time. But I suppose talk so. Talk about horses and... And, I mean, there's still trains, like, passenger trains, and people ride horses is just not very likely. Like, she'd probably... I don't know. There's, I'm, I'm sure you can get a plane like instead of a train like you can fly it's not that far though no i don't i don't know how far it is but i can't imagine it's more than like i have no idea i, I, sh- I shouldn't I know, guess right? like, i shouldn't guess i was thinking i was thinking about like this, two like, days of driving either last think. night or this morning but i was like fucking americans have 50 states that they have to like know where they are yeah like, i know we so shit many. on them for geography a lot but like Fuck that. There's, there's a ton of them. I guess the other thing is, like, it's across the desert, so maybe you wouldn't mm-hmm. want to, like, drive across the desert because it's more dangerous. Yeah. If you break down, it it's might, just, like, really hot. It might just nothing. be as simple as she doesn't have a fucking car and a train is just a cheaper option. Yeah. Man, maybe it is a valid option. We don't do a lot of trains here. I was looking up uh, how you can ride a train across Canada. It's mm-hmm. not super easy, and it's quite expensive. Like, it's more expensive we- than, like plane tickets there was actually that program like two years ago i want to say yeah it was uh for canada 150 for the 150th yeah. uh i guess birthday anniversary mm-hmm. controversy of canada where like you could get a pass and just like ride this train all summer like yeah no it was like 150 bucks or something it was insane and there were but there were only like 150 of them or something like that so like they sold out yeah. immediately immediately and there was just no chance. But that would have been cool. Just like spending the summer riding the train around the country. I feel like yeah, that should be more accessible because that sounds so cool. That sounds amazing, dude. I would love to fucking do that. Although according to a website I visited not too long ago, the best time to ride the train, uh, passenger train in Canada is the winter because it's cheaper. Hmm. Also, there's a train that goes up to Churchill manitoba um so if you go to churchill manitoba one it's very cold and two you might see a polar bear before they all die oh wow so that's three you'll be in manitoba so so one thumb up just one (laughs) one thumb up um 
This one also yeah. has a little like riff it's based around. Yeah, that's So, want to point those out when I remember them, which won't be every time they exist, mm-hmm. probably. And yeah. and uh, we got the piano that kind of comes in. It tends to follow some of the lines he says a little later on and does yes. like a little riff. I really like the little piano flourishes or like around the edges. Yeah. So this is very much an album where like instruments never seem to take the lead, but they do contribute in a meaningful way to each track. Yeah, that's true. Even like I would say most of the solos are more like horns, strings, like like it's a section. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's more like a bridge, honestly, because no instrument ever truly overrides the That's rest. That's true. Of it's not a big solo thing. It's a lot of lyrics and, and kind of textures. Mm-hmm. So uh, the music video for this is pretty much black and white footage of the song being recorded. Yeah, there's not. I didn't. There's not a lot to it. You can see Bruce Springsteen. You can see Bruce Springsteen's wife, Patty. 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 I had to Google it when I saw because they're like, "Oh, Bruce Springsteen's wife, Patty," and I was like, "Patty Smith." <laughs> <laughs> that would be um, wild, and, but, and not entirely unheard of because she does do um, because the night. Which that's is true, and so Bruce they did work together. Um, no, this Patty and I forget her last name right now. It starts with an S, but I she say. like grew up in Asbury Park. Like they, I don't know if they knew each other. I don't, but like they could have. But like, they she was very... part of the E Street band, so they like. Well, no, she didn't join till later. Or is she part, wasn't at least now? She yeah. is now. She wasn't like an original member. I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong mm-hmm. though, because he was uh, Patty before Scalfa. S C I A L F A. Yeah, Scalfa. I think it's Italian. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, you can see her. It's a very straightforward music video, and it's a great way to see that Bruce Springsteen looks incredible at 69, and then you're like, all right, cool. Yeah, he really does, doesn't he? I'm impressed. Seriously, and like, listen, like we both mentioned, we listened to like some interviews and shit from him. He has just a delightful speaking voice as well as his singing voice. It's so endearing. It's very like distinctive. And also he's got like an underbite. Not a big oh, deal. Yeah. It's something I noticed in the interviews. Yeah. What a guy. Should we what talk about the title track now? Yeah, let's talk about Western Stars. Tonight the Western Stars are shining bright again. Here in the canyons above sunset. The desert don't give up the fire. Western Stars. Now so the Western one... Stars mm-hmm. are a few things. But first thing they are is movie stars. Yes. That's important. All right, sorry, quite, were you going to say something? Quite obviously, no. I'll jump off on what you were saying there. This song is written from the perspective of not necessarily even a star, but a working actor. Right, yeah. And he has been working for a number of years. Yes. He's, and he's old, old now, and he was in a John Wayne film at one point. And he got shot. He got shot. And that's one of his stories he tells. Because that's what this yes. is mostly about. Is he's old and he has a lot of stories, but all of mm-hmm. the people he used to work with are like dead and he's one of the last remaining ones, so he kind of feels I guess lonely because of that. So he spends most of his time just t- kind of telling stories about the old days at mm-hmm. this bar. 
And yeah, so it is interesting in that I think he is uh, an alcoholic, quite obviously, but also sort of wants to quit. I don't I mean, I see his drinking. I don't know about the a tip to the alcoholism. Where I, I mean, he talks about the shot of gin, but then he gives it up for, mm-hmm. for his Viagra. For his Viagra, which is, uh, and I got this from Genius, but apparently uh, alcohol really kills the effects of Viagra. Yeah, this is like probably the most annotated one in, in, um... Yeah, in the collection of this yeah. album. This one definitely has the most annotations. Um, but so what I would say is, and what the person here says is that the, the concept of the little, big bl- the little blue pill is sort of this, like, trying to recapture youth. Yeah, and, and like, manly vitality. And I think mm-hmm. in a way, I don't know, I thought, cause it's kind of like a trade-off between that and, like, the drink. And I thought of, like, a, a shot of gin as kind of being, like, a like a manly thing just like straight liquor one shot just doing it. yeah it's manly in that old cowboy sense yeah even that old actor sense of just like doing a quick shot of gin and then there's like going back to your day so yeah. it's kind of like he kind of has to choose like between the two things mm-hmm. and the thing is is he gives up the gin the gin fizz is what it is the uh two raw eggs and a shot of gin right and but then later like the next verse he's at the bar and uh with some woman right with a sheep Mm. yeah because he is so this this song in terms of americana sense is kind of about the dying wild west and sort of the death of americana on the whole right about that or at least that like vision of cowboys Mm Hmm. so and it's this is one of the songs where the the opening line is also the finishing line where he says i wake up in the morning just glad my boots are on right which is the sort of thought you have when you've had a fucking bender. Yeah, I guess so. If, um, I'll take your word for it. I honestly have not experienced that. I mean, I've never, I've never uh, worried about my shoes. But right. I mean, if you look at that line, what else could it mean? Alex, well, I think that's a, you, <laughs> sure. Yeah, because it says instead of um, empty in the whispering grasses and forest lawns, a ce- like a graveyard cemetery. Hmm. Um, in okay, I think it says it's in um, Glendale, I believe. Like it's it's like famous people are buried there. Like right, yeah, that that is correct. So yeah, he's glad he's not dead. Yeah, because he's which old. again could be a result of excessive drinking as well as right. age. But I think he still, he does mention. I think there's hints that he is old. I mean, obviously the Viagra is probably mm-hmm. a big one. Um, yeah, and he and there's a few things as well. I really like the second verse. Because it's mm-hmm. very, like, it paints this picture of just this, like, violent West. Like, there's a Chihuahua that just, like, has, yeah, a, has been, like, it's consumed been killed by a by coyote, a coyote yeah. and it's, like, being eaten. And then even, and then the next thing is, like, him looking at a woman in the bar. So he almost, yeah. is, like, he's almost a little predatory. Like, he's this, like, oh, old Oh, quite obviously. Guy. She's called a lost yeah, sheep. Yeah, calls her a sheep, so she's vulnerable for sure. Mm-hmm. And then, like, he's kind of, I guess he's hitting on girls in the bar. Yeah, you know, well, then yeah. he and that comes to the the song, the line about John Wayne as well, right? Yeah, that's his like one of his stories. He, yeah, once I was shot by John Wayne, it was towards the end. That one scene's bought me a thousand drinks, set me up, which is a way of saying buy me a drink, and right. I'll tell it for you, friend. So, that's like his story. Exactly, and so box. it's 
it's there is a I don't know sort of a sixth sense of comedy to this because we know he is at least trying to recapture his youth and kind of right. struggling with his thing from the drink, but his go-to move is being like, yeah, this one time got shot by John Wayne. You want to hear about it? Buy me a drink, yeah. sailor. And, like... and at the same time, like just for, like from the chorus, he talks about the Western stars shining again. So like mm-hmm. on the one hand, he's kind of a skeezy guy, but he also believes that through his storytelling, he's sort of bringing these guys back. Like he's, yeah. he's revitalizing them, even though they've already passed on. And there is also that sense of just like drunk, delusion almost being like well tonight the western stars are shining bright again because he's just getting liquored up yeah at a whiskey so. bar he's shining and the western stars are his nose am i right because mm-hmm. your nose turns red when you drink that's right that's i i would like i would argue that shining is you could use that as a term for being drunk i guess so maybe yeah man there's so many layers this is, yeah, this one is rich, I find, particularly lyrically. Uh, where is the line about nothing, there's no more, it's just again? Um, is that this one? I'm not sure. Ah, it's the chorus. Hell, these days, it's after the second verse. There ain't no these more. These days, there ain't no more. Now, now there's again. just again. Ah, uh, so he's not, there's nothing new. Just mm-hmm. doing everything over and over. He's just, yeah, he's just repeating patterns. And that's kind of, that's another thing that kind of comes up um, in a lot of Springsteen interviews. When people mm-hmm. ask him, so what's next? He's like, ah, same old, you know, just gonna yeah. keep making music and uh, keep performing and uh, do my thing. So yeah. I don't know if he'd necessarily agree with this. This is kind of the really defeatist uh, interpretation of it, but uh, <laughs> you definitely get that hint of Springsteen there. Yeah, that is true. It's, uh, yeah. Do I have, do you have anything else to say about Well, another part of that, I mean, yeah. they, they talk about, he, he talks about roping and riding. Like, he, go, right. he goes to, um, Mexico, um, I believe is what it's implying. That's what Actually, I got out of it. I believe he goes to the border. I believe he's still in America. Yeah, I guess so. But he's like, oh, he's talking about Mexico, though. He's, he's talking still about riding. Mexicans. Right, in Mexico. So he says, some days... No, no, but I think it is actually in America. Some days I take my El Camino, throw my saddle in and go east to the desert where the the charros, which are uh, Mexican, essentially Mexican cowboys or horsemen, they still ride and rope. Our American brothers. So in this, he is referring to North America. Right. And it's a very... It's a kind of a cheeky statement giving the sort of political climate of the United States right now in yeah, regards I would to ag- immigration. Yeah, I would agree with that. But he is making a technically correct statement. I, I do like this line. Our American brothers cross the wire, so the border, mm-hmm. and bring the old ways with them. So in a sense, the the Mexicans who are jumping over to come into America are more American than the Americans here. Right. He's saying they're kind of... Um... Uh, carrying the spirit of that kind of old west mm-hmm. if in for no other reason than they were sold on that idea without actually being inside of the nation right right i guess so yeah and i mean there's the other thing even like probably the border being like less concrete at the time there was less of a, a solid line between like what is the southern united states and what is northern mexico so i'm sure a lot of that old west applies to both regardless mm-hmm. 
And that's, yeah, again, I'm not sure what the time period of these songs is supposed to be. Yeah, I, this one seems like it's more modern. Because, like, mm-hmm. cl- like John Wayne is dead. I don't know when John Wayne died a long time ago. But, like, yeah. so maybe it is still the past. I'm going to look that up. <laughs> he died in the late 70s. No. He was active in the late 70s. Died in 79. Okay. But he was active until 77, so he... Anyway, so it could be said, yeah. Yeah, and it was, there's a looseness Anytime in that line, that. once I was shot by John Wayne, yeah, it was towards the end. As in, was it towards the end of the film, or was it towards the end of John Wayne's career? Yeah, I was thinking his life, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. The other yeah. thing is, um, Genius says the narrator was killed. Oh, it says killed, and so no, he was shot, but okay, never mind. Yeah, well, I thought yeah, they were implying yeah, that they thought he was right. already dead, even though there's several lines where he says he's glad he's not dead, but yeah. um, that does not seem to be what they're saying. Way to go. But that's that's all I got, yeah. Yeah, that's. I think that's all I've got for it. Uh, we didn't really talk about the uh, music in this one, actually, did we? No. This one's quite sparse. So... Like, mm-hmm. this one has that guitar sliding. Yes, this is definitely slide guitar heavy to provide that kind of ambient feel to it. Mm-hmm. And this one has got a riff as well. Let me see if I can remember. Okay, so like, so it's kind of just the melody of the song. Yeah, and it kind of, yeah, it kind of comes in. It's yeah. And quick note, it is makeup girl, not naked girl. Yes. Even though it kind of sounds like that. <laughs> at least to me and this yes. is yeah kind of kind of the classic structure for this album is like start out very soft and then build to a larger version of the original right, composition still stay pretty low yeah mm-hmm. more of that yeah and it comes back and it bookends the song with the first line which is i woke up this morning just glad my boots were on Hmm. No, and sorry, the music was... video kind of uh, exemplifies. It really is like just kind of a almost a picture book of what the song is about. You see yeah. Bruce Springsteen in a bar, Bruce Springsteen in a car, putting on a cowboy hat. He's in a car a lot, just like staring, mm-hmm. thinking, being cowboy like, doing that. Yeah, and and then like it'll be him pl- performing the song, which is a different Bruce Springsteen. Maybe I don't know. Maybe. Like, performing versus being in the song. That happens in music videos. Yeah. So, should we jump into Sleepy Joe's Cafe? Let's talk about Sleepy Joe's Cafe. There's a place out on the highway across the San Bernardino line Where the truckers and the bikers gather every night at the same time Seven, the band comes in and... Now, as I understand it, this was an initial standout for you, Alex. It was. It was the first one I like noticed because I was kind of you know listening into the background as I was driving around uh, mm. before we decided to do this. Even definitely the first one where I was like ah because it's probably the most upbeat song on the album. Oh, without a doubt. You know, it's more more dancey, uh, and there's an accordion in it. There is. So that's that's going to be a big standout for me. Um, it's got there's a certain line that he said actually you know what right in the first line there's a plate on the hot place out on the highway across the san bernardino line mm-hmm. like even just the way he sings on that is like very bruce springsteen yeah it's kind of a throwback of i don't know 
It's also got okay at the very beginning. There's like this weird organ thing. It almost sounds like a mellotron, but I feel like it couldn't be. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like do, do, yeah, that do, do, it's yeah 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 yeah. It's got that like synth string kind of sound to it, or like synth yeah, oboe it's almost. Oddly synthetic, and you're like, yeah. I don't know if I even know what it's trying to imitate. Like, yeah, and it doesn't like do a lot, but it's definitely there. Mm-hmm. I like it, but you know, maybe not everyone. Anyway. Yeah. So that's in it, and this is this one is about people coming together and dancing. Yeah, it's, it's Sleepy it's about, Joe's Cafe. It's about this cafe. Um. And it's about this guy who goes to this cafe um, on the weekend, at least, when, yeah, he when he's down. done work. And uh, that's when he comes alive. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he dances to this music in this community. Yeah, and it is, there is the beauty of these small town places, which is also another like kind of Americana theme that comes up yeah. here. Because he comes down from the big town to go to this place on the highway. Right, right. And it's kind of more, it's, it's more like, tight-knit community mm-hmm. and of course now we have the summer girls who i i uh assume are related to the boys of summer in some way <laughs> yeah they must know them at the very least yeah uh you'd think they would go together like boys and girls and jam and peanut jam. butter oh yeah you know I you know. know how it is at least it's sorry no you uh, tell me at least no no uh, at least in like rural i mean oh sorry i'm just trying to backtrack i'm like i'm like gotta be okay, inclusive so you, I'm like no nah, yeah, i forgot right, to be inclusive but, but you know what i mean right no i feel you so in the yeah in, again like we've said already this kind of pulls on old country themes yeah so the um, idea of boys and girls boys and girls dancing in a small cafe along the highway like mm-hmm yeah. You're right, though. It is not gender inclusive. Yeah, I'm like, uh, I know. Yeah, but, but that's, I that's, also that's don't what the think he's talking about. Saying, uh, I guess so. Yeah, and I'm I'm not sure that because he's talking about a piece of Americana, and frankly, Americana uh, does not have gender inclusivity in it. Yeah, I, I guess that's true. Like in in the like classical sense, or in the like Hollywoodified old west sense that would be mm-hmm. ignored yeah this song doesn't really specifically ignore it it's, it's not really explicit about anything it's just yeah. they're just flirting that's all we know but you that's know. all we know my yeah they my, flirt the night away yeah those summer girls could technically i don't think it's his intention but they could be flirting with each other for all we know that is true that is true so anyway that's a small aside i just wanted to uh yeah not say something i didn't mean yeah no that's fair um so like i guess like a, a good part of this song is just establishing who joe is or at yeah least it's a pretty quick song that it just yeah. tells his backstory um yeah he was an army guy who was a cook and then he just like bought a plot of land and then eventually the highway came in after he got married and him and his wife may were like open up a fucking cafe yeah they just kind of lucked out and now they got a cafe along the highway. Yeah, and that, a cafe on the highway where, like, everybody knows the owner and that kind of shit, that's the, that like, that's the American dream, right? That's, like, so small-town America, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, they both run it. Like, she's, she's like, the waitstaff, and he's 
It says he keeps the blues playing. Don't know what that entails, but yeah, uh, I, I imagine like managing so he like like he's bands fucking come to him and scratching. He's, like, he's the DJ. He's just spinning, yeah <laughs> spinning that vinyl, and she's serving beers. Yeah, and I mean it's beer. She, they're just serving beer. That's so like. So, I mean, oh yeah everything it's, about it's like, it it's just so it's one God. of those cafes where the menu is like two items yeah oh man did you see fucking lobster diner the like no. john mulaney's like lobster diner sketch where the guy like orders lobster at this diner and they're like lobster and then they sing a song about it it's from no, uh, I have not seen it's that. it was it was on uh, snl a little while ago anyway i'll oh, send okay. that to you later um it's called lobster diner no, I'm just familiar with that food truck that it, it's literally just grilled cheese for a dollar, and it, it's just like this plain like yellow wrap on like, oh, a little shit. trailer. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's, and just, it's just like, like we no don't change. have change. Yeah, just you give us money, we will give you that many like grilled cheeses. Like is yeah, it grilled it's cheese? like sort your own shit out. Is it yeah, it's a grilled cheese because he's okay. literally got like craft singles in there and like yeah. white Wonder Bread, and he's just knocking them out. <laughs> Give me five bucks, I will give you five grilled cheeses. We have no change. Yeah, we can do that. Uh, wonderful. Uh, all right, so then, the, yeah, the, uh, the next verse, like we said, jumps back to the present. And uh, it's just, I mean, it's a story about a guy who works as, his, he's a working, he's a blue-collar guy, and he uh, dances at night. Where That's where he becomes yeah. himself. Um, yeah, this and, sort of kind of blue-collar gathering place where the blues I'm, are played. I'm sure there are themes there. Um, struggling to... Sure. Well, this was apparently written them. like pre twenty sixteen because apparently Sleepy Joe is something that Donald Trump called Joe Biden at some point. Oh, interesting. So it would but be. But this is unrelated to that. This is not a cafe oh. run by Joe Biden. Could be. Did 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 Joe Biden come home in forty five and take out a GI loan? I don't think so. I don't know much about Joe Biden though. Um, I'm pretty sure that's not so, true. So I, we kind of mentioned this. There's, there is like this strange synth that's at the start. We've got rhythm guitar along with some regular guitar. Right, there's, and uh, there's that accordion. accordion. Like this is the most lively track on this album. Yeah, I find it interesting how these songs have a way of like sounding kind of like E Street Band songs, even though they're not. Well, yeah, if Springsteen goes touring in 2020, I think it will be very cool to see some E Street Band's takes on these songs. Yeah, definitely. Like, there was one I watched a video of. He was performing um, Johnny 99 at a, mm, like, yeah. festival in New Orleans, and it was, like, very lively. I can imagine. Yeah, so... Yeah, sorry. No, this one kind of has an accordion for. solo, but not really, like a little bit. Yeah, kind of. I yeah, like it's. I th- I think this this piece evokes kind of the feeling of a cafe at, like the cafe he's describing where the blues plays, and there's just like a cacophony of instruments almost. Like you get that as the instruments build through the song. Yeah, definitely. Fucking hell, let's talk about drive fast. Brackets the stunt man. I got two pins in my ankle and busted collarbone. Steel rod in my leg, but it walks me home. So, drive fast. The Stuntman. So this is a song about a stuntman. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, he 
he's always been a thrill seeker. Um, mm-hmm. He values the thrill of danger over the potential consequences of dangerous situations. I would say so, and even takes some pride in the, yeah, the damages he's earned. Cause, yeah, because he's talking about like he's got two pins in his ankle and busted collarbone. Steel rod, steel rod leg. in my leg. So he's clearly had some accidents, mm-hmm. but but like he's not really down about that. Like he's just telling his story. Yeah, well, and like the the most Bruce Springsteen line in here is uh, in verse two where he says, "I liked the pedal, and I didn't mind the wall." That's kind of where I got the thing I said before from. Yeah, it's like he just says things better than me. I don't know. He's it's, got words, man. He's got words. It's, um, and we get like his sort of childhood story. At nine, I climbed high into the boughs of our neighborhood's tallest trees. I don't remember the fear, just the breeze. Yeah. So that was more important to him, was being up there. Didn't matter that it was dangerous. Yeah. And like for being about a stuntman, this track is so soft. It's just like acoustic guitar, piano, and a sort of driving orchestral bit in the background going to. Absolutely. Sorry, I had to go get a drink of no, water. No, that's for a okay. Um, but yeah, a lot of these ones so so understated. Everything is so understated. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he works in movies. He's a stuntman, obviously. He meets yeah. a a woman who uh, is a, like a B movie star, and mm-hmm. is she a B movie star? Or is she the director? Uh, she, I don't know. It said we met on the set of a B picture she made. Now, saying she made the movie could imply she's a director, but I think it could be that she's in it just as much. Right. Fair enough. Um, that's my. That's what I think. And then they go out. They make our stand of it. And guess what? Guess mm-hmm. what? That means fucking. Fuck yeah, bro. And Bruce, and Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> <laughs> So it's, and then uh, yeah, they try it's to quite literally about broken people coming together. Like, yeah, Maybe they could make their their broken, broken pieces fit together. So they're like yeah. the puzzle. They're physically, but also metaphorically, but also, yeah, broken. like emotionally, spiritually, even. Yeah, trying to fit together into one whole puzzle. Drive fast, fall hard. That's the mm-hmm. words he says. It's like honestly, I don't have a ton to say about this track, but it is like a nice, solid piece. I think it gets across the point pretty quickly. Yeah, and like I forgot to write anything about the music, about the instruments in this one, so that's why mine is so short. Yeah, but like well, it's, it's it's just like a very subtle. Uh, even amongst the pieces on this album, it is quite subtle. Yeah, which is saying something. Let's move forward then. I like this track. Yeah, but it's, it, yeah like, like, I, it's I've slower. Here, it's not the most exciting track, but it definitely fits in with the theme of the album. It does. It does. The next one, Chasing Wild Horses. Guess it was something I shouldn't have done. Guess I regret it now. Ever since I was a kid. Trying to keep my... So Chasing Wild Horses is... Now, there's like a... Supposedly a saying in medicine about like chasing zebras. Mm. 
which means, which is, uh, let's see, that was originally supposedly the working title for the series House. Hmm. It's American medical slang for arriving at exotic medical diagnoses when a more commonplace examination is more likely. So that's not relevant to my point. Never mind. No, I don't think it is. But I think but the that idea is a fun is fact. You're chasing after so, like chasing after something that is unattainable. Now that's the idea of chasing wild horses, and I guess it ties in a bit. Hmm. Yeah. Let's try that again. So chasing wild horses is about chase is about trying to achieve unattainable goals. Mm-hmm. I think. And in a sense, a sense like particularly in the first verse, it's about fighting your own nature. Dun, 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 dun. Please elaborate. So he says, ever since I was a kid, trying to keep my temper down is like chasing right. wild horses. I guess not necessarily unattainable, but like difficult goals. Like it's really hard to do. Yeah. And I would, in some sense, I would say possibly unobtainable. I guess, yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't, he may just never like totally get it, can work on it, but never be totally Cause better. He seems to, the goal of this, uh, this character. He tends to he goes out of his way to isolate himself. Right. He as leaves a, as a means everything to behind. prevent himself from attaining things that he possibly truly wants. He says, um, you lose track of time, it's all just storms blowing through. You come rolling across my mind, your hair flashing in the blue like wild horses. Right. Now he is actually physically chasing wild horses at this point as well. That's right. That's one of the beauties of this song is because he, right. he joins the Bureau of Land Management on the Montana, Montana line, literally chasing wild literally horses. Literally chasing wild horses. But he's chasing wild horses because he's... Well, is he like trying to achieve a goal? Uh, I, I don't remember. I, um, not really. I like, really feel like he's this leaving is a song about trying to contain yourself and your, your, like, your passions. I guess so. Which and then is suffering for horses. it. Yeah. Yeah. And then now this is the big one, and this came up in earlier song, but like he's working and like it's just constant, like there's so much work that's like taking all his time and all his sort of thoughts. He's too tired to think. Mm-hmm. And and like he doesn't have to worry about anything because it's just up, work, bed, like up, like it's just that cycle. And he's doing that intentionally here in the same way he was doing it in Tucson Train. Right, to get his mind off of something. Yeah, he says, uh, uh, so so that, that's that whole verse. We'd be out before sunup, in after sundown, so it's a mm-hmm. long day. There's two men in the chopper, two under saddle on the ground, which just it describes the work situation. In the evening, we'd hop in the pickup, head into town for a drink. Make sure I work till I'm so damn tired, way too tired to think. Yeah, and that's basically that. Like you, yeah, I mean, you go into town, you, do, you, you drink, and then you fall asleep. And then you loosen track of time, and, like, there's a storm. But, like, I think that, like, now there's a storm blowing through, so they kind of have to stop. So, like, he has time to think, but it's mm-hmm. still, like, blowing through, so it's still brief. And he has this brief thought of, like, of this past, which is hair. Yeah. Your hair. Flashing in the blue, which is, in the blue is lightning. So it just comes that quickly, and it's gone. Oh, yeah, I guess flashing in the blue, yeah. yeah. So it's just like a brief thought of, of whatever happened in the past. I mean, mm-hmm. clearly he has anger issues, so that's probably influencing this. And then he left everything behind after that. And now, yeah, uh, yeah again, it's, it's another song about isolation and about leaving things behind and about loss. 
Yeah. And so, like he says, I shout your name to the canyon. The echo throws it back. So it just doesn't and, go and just comes right back at him. Mm-hmm. And the so only no thing I found up here is trying to get you off my mind. She's chasing wild horses. He's trying to get away, escape his past, but he can't. Mm-hmm. And so in the end, all you get from chasing wild horses is exhausted. Yeah, exhausted and wasting time. Mm-hmm. How about that? How about that? Yeah. And let's see. Um, I thought the strings in this one sounded a little more introspective. Yeah. Especially in I'll the beginning. Don't know why. I'm sure there's a reason for that related to, like, modes or something. Could be. Also, the first thing he says is, I guess it's something I shouldn't have done, which is, <laughs> I think, inherently introspective line. Oh, yeah. Uh, so there's that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, again, sparse. Like, it's just those strings, and he's, like, finger-picking a guitar, and then that sliding comes in the background. Very country. Mm-hmm. You know? And there's like, a with banjo. Those, those, those string notes, they're these very long notes. That's true. And then, like, partway through, it kind of swells up. Like, there's a pretty yeah. big swell. For this album, like, pretty big swell. And it almost sounds like a movie soundtrack to me at that point. We're just like... 100%. Sorry, that sounded awful. No, it sounded beautiful. It's, oh, thank I, you. I, I felt like I was watching a Wild West film. Wild West. So yeah, it's, like, super cinematic. Mm-hmm. And, like, the imagery, too. Like, or just that idea of, like, he's physically chasing wild horses and metaphorically chasing wild... Like, it's, it's all... This one is, I think, very cinematic. Yeah. And that is what he said in his original statement about the album is uh, it has sweeping cinematic orchestral arrangements. Yeah, yeah. This is the one that stands out, I think, in terms of that description. Mm-hmm, for sure. It's Yeah, it's one of those ones, and a lot of the ones on this album, like if I had just been listening to this casually, I don't think I would have found as much meaning as if uh, like we took on this project as we did to go through it track by track. Yeah, me neither. I definitely, like, even the first time I listened to it, just kind of had it on when I was driving or whatever, and I was like, okay, you know, it's, like, slow and subdued, mm -hmm. which doesn't grab your attention as easily. Like, you really need to give it time, I think. Yeah. And attention, which is maybe harder and harder to do. Like, there was a, oh, what's it, Soundfield? It's a YouTube channel. It's like a PBS YouTube channel. It's called okay. Soundfield. Um, they were talking about like the Spotify sound, which is basically you gotta like have a hook like right away, and that's not just exclusive to Spotify, probably, but like you need people to listen for thirty seconds or you don't get paid. Right. So like you need to write a song that gives someone a reason to listen in like very quickly. Mm hmm. Yeah, I would say this album does not do that. Yeah, I would say for the most part, it really doesn't. It, it takes. <laughs> takes its time it takes its sweet time to get oh, it really anywhere does. and like it's it's like slow it's very slow yeah it is with po the possible exception of sleepy joe's cafe but i don't know if that could even pull in spotify listeners yeah i'm not sure it's uh actually if we look at bruce springsteen's page right now top on the listens is no it hasn't even hit popular is still three tracks are from uh born in the usa hitchhiking is 10 Okay. Although, well, I don't know what, like, it says popular, but 
clearly it's not just raw number of listens. Yeah, I'm seeing that now because Glory Days has a bunch more than Western Stars, but Western Stars is ranked higher. Uh, oh yeah, Western. Oh, I didn't see Western Stars. Where did we leave off? Yeah, slow. Slow. Cinematic. Mm-hmm. At this Slide point, slide guitar. In the uh, in the album review, I have written down it's almost redundant to talk about the instrumentation on these. Yes, songs. I agree because it's like. Like, the way I describe it, like, unless you go into detail that I don't think I am equipped to, like, Mm -hmm. these I would describe as the same. They're not the same. I can appreciate the differences, and I think they're appreciable, but, like, describing them from a high level is difficult. Yeah, they are very much composed of the same parts. Yeah, which, I mean, it's an album. Makes sense. Yeah. Together. Even, um, let me see. Oh, that's later on. We'll get there. We'll get there. Not right. You want to talk about sundown now? I'm 2,500 miles from where I want to be. It feels like a hundred years since you've been near to me. Um, yes, I would like to talk about sundown. Not the song Sundown by, uh, what's his name? Gordon Lightfoot. Different song. Different song. Sundown, Did you also try to find if there was a place sun. called Sundown? No, I didn't. Okay, so I looked. Here's what I can tell you. Um, where did I get these notes? So there is the a sundown town, and this is, I think, absolutely not the case here, but sundown towns were towns that were purposely all white people. Oh, wow. Yeah, so they're segregated towns. Okay. Um, I do not think that is at all. In a sense, maybe. Because you're lo- losing out on that diversity. Maybe. Oh. Um, but I, I, I don't again, think that this song touches on that particular thing. Yeah, I really don't believe that, but that's just a thing that came up. There is a Sundown Motel in Montana, which is something I looked up because he mentions in this line, working on the county line. And in the last song, he mentions working on the Montana line. Right. I, I kind of <laughs> thought they might be the same. I wasn't sure. Yeah. So I'm also not 100% sure, because another linking factor is in Chasing Wild Horses, he talks about winter, and in this one, he talks about summer. Okay. He does, I think seasons come up a couple times. Yeah. Got those summer girls. That's right. Back in Sleepy And this one he says, and it's the last one, he says, when summer's through, you'll come around. And I guess that's another, I don't know. Uh, We've talked about the boys of summer before, but like... I think summer being this like time of frivolity is yeah. is the theme that comes up in a lot of pop music. And like this is more like when summer's through, like when you get your head on straight, like you'll come around. Like you you're just in a phase sort of right now. Right. Um Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. So sundown. Um he's in sundown, which is a mm-hmm. place which is to say or a state, I guess. Yeah, possibly a state. state of mind. Um he says he's 2,500 miles from where he wants to be, which, which I is, mean, I imagine, where his, his lover is. Right. And or he's not where he wants to be in life. Right. That's probably a, an, an obvious alternative. Right. Or I guess I suppose so. Secondary thing. Um, and uh, again, he says he's 2,500 miles, but it also feels like 100 years. So, like, he's exaggerating a bit. Yeah, you it's know? like 100 years since you've been near to me, and the you in there could just be as well be a person as it could be an objective. Yeah. 
or or even then a different state of mind. Yeah. Yeah. And like what goes around comes around. This is another Mm -hmm. song about like a relationship that went south and he's kind of thinking about it. There's, there's a lot of like loss and, and, uh, ending of relationships happening in this album for sure. Yeah. And so, yeah, I do think this album is meant to put a sort of realistic or dark undertone on the ideas of Americana. Yeah. And that's definitely, I mean, there's definitely a lot of sad things happening to people in this. Yeah. If nothing else. Yeah. So, and of course he's in sundown, which is this place you don't want to be. You don't want to be alone there, but it sounds like, let me see. And this is, yeah, so even if you are not alone there, it's not that great, it sounds like. Like, Sundown, it's just, it's just, I think it's just, like, the end. Like, he feels like he's in, in this, like, purgatorial state of, like, this is the end of his, maybe, life. Like, there's mm-hmm. nothing else to happen. And that came up before, too, when you said there's no, there's nothing new, just, just, there's no, or what did just you say? Just again, yeah. Just again. There's no more. Yeah, there's no more just, just again. again. So, like, this is a similar... Uh, idea to that where like he's um he's like nothing's changing he's just drifting around he's in lonely town mm-hmm. um which is this well wolfpack has a song called lonely town which is uh more danceable i would say um <laughs> but just want to shout that out real quick um shout out to wolfpack. And then he's just wishing that he was not alone so it's not even so much that he cares that he's not going anywhere. He mm-hmm. just doesn't want to be alone. And even later, he says, you know, the cafes are filled with lovers passing time, which kind of implies that they're not going. I mean, they're in sundown, so they're not going anywhere either. Right. Yeah. So he just doesn't want to be alone, really. Yeah. He's surrounded in the scenario where he's well and truly isolated because everybody else is paired up. And but also constantly lingering that the cafe, it's just lovers passing time. Right. And you can, I don't know, you can kind of feel that. I'd like, sometimes even when I go out to the movies by myself and then like I get surrounded by couples, I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, man. <laughs> that, like, okay, I, I went to this like work event at, at the um, Science Center here in Calgary. And like that happened mm-hmm. to me too, where I was just like trying to find someone from work, but everyone was there with like their significant other. And I was like, what do I do? Like how, yeah. like who am I? Like, I was just like wandering around this place alone and I got so in, like in my head, it was like crazy. And then I found a tricycle that I stabilized. So it was all good. Nice. But yeah, it is. But yeah, there was like a couple minutes where feeling. I was like, sorry, sorry. There's a couple minutes where I was like worried there. Sorry. What did you say? I said, it's truly an isolating feeling. You're, yeah, that, for sure. That scenario where you're like, for oh, sure. what the fuck? Like, and then what's you start wrong to notice with me? It. Yeah. You start to notice it around you, too. Like, I'm sure mm-hmm. it's not universal, but that's the thing you notice because it's, yeah. you're just stuck in your own head. And it's that thing that you notice, and for everybody else, it's it's not there. They, they're not even registering that you're single. Yeah, but like, uh, they so don't see as, you. Like, <laughs> they don't care. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, that's but all you, you can think so about. you get so much of your own head about it. Yeah, absolutely. And so, of yeah, course, this, this song sorry. does touch on the themes of isolation and uh, yeah. sort of repetition or and being stuck. Yeah, some, some lost relationship that is, they're sort of yearning for it to come back because he still wants mm-hmm. her to come around, you know, and he's trying to keep himself going. He sort of has that little bit of hope. That, yeah. yeah. But also, 
I mean, I don't think it really talks about this, but like he wants her to join him, but then she'll be in Sundown too. So like it's not yeah. really a good thing for her to join him. Like so, kind of wishes yeah, she could. Yeah, he might necessarily drag yeah. her down. Like Yeah, exactly. So like it probably wouldn't be in her best interest to to join. Uh, yeah, and it's I I guess like personally i've been in a relationship where like you are together but you both really just kind of bring each other down hmm. and there Wonder. is some comfort in that like well they always say like misery loves company right right and you still like there's still compa- uh, uh companionship aspect mm-hmm. you know you're not alone but you're not where you should be yeah and it's another song where the, the character buries himself in work. I work all day out here on the county line. Yeah, that's definitely a really common theme in these songs. Mm-hmm. And a lot of Bruce Springsteen songs. Yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, is, there anything, is there anything standout we can say about the, uh, yeah. the instru- instruments on this? Oh, we I get Shalalalas on the instrumental break. Oh, man. Shalalalas. Shalalalas are great. Yeah. yeah, and that kind of like quotes um Ruby no Cherry Darling. Mm. A little bit. Not really, but like the Shella Shella la la you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, Cherry Darling. Is it darling. Cherry or Sherry? Sherry, anyway. I believe it's Sherry, Sherry Darling. Yeah. I think Cherry Darling was an actual person. Person? Oh, right? Makes sense. Yeah, I believe that. Like related to the like um like New York um what's his name? Andy Warhol like scene um what's coming up when i put in cherry darling is uh she's a fictional character from planet terror oh what never mind i bet you she is named after the song cherry darling okay well i might be thinking of someone else oh i'm thinking of candy darling okay yeah the um so it was rumored rumored to be um the subject of the song Lola by the Kinks but that is apparently Lola. apocryphal <laughs> I thought that was about how uh, their manager like left with a, a trans person one night Yeah that that was just like the apocryphal story of how what what it, that people thought it was about but it was all, I've, I've never seen that song come under flack in uh and you know like in, in like the modern here. no and um i haven't like looked into it enough or maybe i'm just not aware enough to know like if it should be or not yeah i'm not 100 i get I, like, the idea I would like it, to hear what other people think yeah I and it's i don't know yeah, that that would be an interesting thing to learn. Because I look to the line, um, he says, "Let's see." It's uh, it's he says like, "Boys will be girls, and girls will be right. boys." It's yeah, it's a mixed up, muddled up, shook up world. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not really sure. I, I've I have wondered the same thing though, and I I don't know. Yeah. That's a discussion for another time. Yeah, anyway, that's totally off topic because that's not even related to the thing. The other thing about the music. Yeah. (laughs) The very beginning, uh, there's like Mm -hmm. a little bit of piano. 
And like yeah. for a second, it kind of sounded like growing up, but like right. barely for like two notes. And then it just doesn't do that. Yeah, but like, it's, uh... but like it totally doesn't do that. So it's not. But that's what I thought of. I also thought like this song after the last song almost sounded like it's building on that. Like, instrumentally, it's building on that. Yeah. And hang on, just give me one second. I want to listen. Sure. Okay, you think talking about the banjo plucking in Chasing Wild Horses? I don't know. I I wrote it down. But it doesn't sound as much like like a soundtrack. Hmm. Sorry, I think I have my thoughts mixed up. Yeah, Chasing Wild Horses was the one that sounded, I think, the most like a movie soundtrack. This one doesn't have that so much. But I kind of, like, when I was listening to it, I kind of missed the transition. And there's not much of a transition. And, like, it just kind of flowed into it. That's, I guess a lot of the songs on this album are like that. I don't know, man. Never I don't mind. know what's going to Never happen, mind. Man. Never mind. <sighs> okay. Next song. Okay. Somewhere north of Nashville. This is the shortest song on the album. Very short. Under two minutes. Came in town with a pocket full of songs. I made the rounds, but I didn't last long. Now I'm out on this highway with a bone cold chill. Um, small introspective. There's a lot of introspection on here. Do I even need to say it? Can, can um, one even outro spec? Is that just looking at things and talking about them? Because that's maybe what we're doing right now. <laughs> just observing? Yeah, maybe. We are outro specting this album. Um, it has a horse on it. it on the outro on side um, of the uh, album artwork. Uh, so so he, this is. Uh, came into a town with a pocket full of songs. There's uh, a few examples of carrying non-carryable things, and this is one of them. That's true. And the other one, was the other one Hitchhiking? Yeah, um, Hitchhiking, I argued for it, but I could be wrong on that, where he said nothing. Oh, that's right. Nothing to carry. I I, I took what I could carry and my song, as I believe what he says. It also comes up in uh, Tucson Train, where he says, uh, fought for nothing. And I carried that nothing for a long time. Right, and then now he's carrying his operator's license. That's right. And then this one is a pocket full of songs. And then we'll see in Moonlight Motel that the uh, the the pool is filled with empty. But we'll get to that later. <laughs> filled with empty. Ah, uh, gotta love gotta love imagery. Um, yes. So. He is, let me see, what's this song about? Sorry, I'm starting to get my, like, I, I don't know the back half of the album as well. Just okay. because it's well, a lot easier to listen to the front half and then get interrupted, you know? Yes, 100%. And then, like, start over again because you forget where you were. So. This one's another one about lost love. Yeah. He is, uh, he's essentially nowhere. He's somewhere north of Nashville, which is just. Right, a, he I doesn't know where he poetic is. Poetic way of, yeah, being like, I don't really know where I am. Yeah, in life. Ooh. Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, and do, 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 I, I, do you think there's a significance to the use of Nashville in this song? Because, like, what I was thinking, and this might not make any sense, like, he's always had a relationship with, like, country music, and there's a lot of country music in Nashville. 
Mm. But maybe he's like maybe a little more metropolitan. Obviously, he's from New Jersey. Right. So he's um, both physically somewhere north of Nashville. Yeah. But also so like, in terms of musical stylings. He doesn't quite fit in with like country necessarily, but he's also not totally just like, even though he's claimed to be a rocker. And I would yes. count him as one. Doesn't necessarily fit in with that as perfectly either. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I don't know. I just thought it was another. I think, I think Nashville is thing. known to have a large music scene as well. Yeah, it is known for country music for sure. Mm-hmm. So I mean, if you ever hear, if you ever, my mom watches a lot of The Voice. So if you ever watch The Voice and there's someone who's singing country, they'll like say, "I could see you in Nashville." Like. And they say, that's, no, that's you like, can't. That's why I'm on The Voice. Yeah, that's like that's like the the shorthand for talking about country music. Is like yeah, Nashville. When absolutely. they say Nashville, they mean like the country music industry in the United States. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, if you're in Nashville, like, you've made it, essentially, as a country musician. So is there something there? I don't know. Maybe. 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 But uh, he's got a pocket full of songs. But mm-hmm. it's not lasting him. And he's, yeah. he's cold, and he's lost, and he doesn't cold, know where he he's is. lost. He has lost a love. He says, for the deal I made, the price was strong. I traded you for this song. Right. Which is, again, like we talked about leaving people behind. Um, mm-hmm. And this is in particular leaving someone behind to follow his dreams of music. Yeah. Presumably in Nashville. I guess that's the other significance of Nashville is the music scene. Yeah. So he's I guess like he... there and maybe he's, he either hasn't made it or to Nashville yet or like he's... No, he made just... it because he came into town with a pocket right. full of songs. Right. And now he's out on the highway. So like he just... He's trying to get home now, but maybe there's yeah. no going back. It's yeah, he doesn't know where to go now, possibly. All he's got is a melody. And time to kill. And time. Because when you go to to the place, when you go to your goal and you hit it and you do it, the question becomes like, what now? What next? What happens when you achieve all your goals? Yeah. And perhaps in the context of this song, even worse, what if you don't do what you expected to do? Right. What if you fail? What then? You're lost. Mm-hmm. You lost. You not only didn't succeed in Nashville, but you also lost the possibly the love of your life. And all the, yeah, all the things he left behind to, to chase his dream. Mm-hmm. Although, and specifically, this is talking about a romantic situation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and like it's super short, very sparse. There's like kind of a guitar picking, and then the lap guitar comes in, the piano comes in, and the strings come in. It's like that, like progressive of like one thing comes in at a time. Yeah, but like it still remains pretty, pretty sparse. Pretty sparse, and there's no like a lot of them are sparse than big swell. This one is mostly just piano and a bit of like strummed guitar. Yeah, because it's just like literally just a person like in a place. Mm-hmm. Not going anywhere and wondering, like, what next? Do I go? Do I stay? Do I go? Should I stay? Or should I go? Should I go? It's yeah, you know, despite this one themselves. being, like, less than two minutes, I found myself kind of coming back to this one a lot on the later half of the album. I was like, I really do like this song. Yeah? There's so much to these songs. Yeah. I mean, I feel like once you start thinking about them, 
exactly it's, right and that is my so like melancholy word. too like <laughs> yeah but yeah but it's a good time it is and it's just like the thing is is when we we set out to find meaning in this piece is it's very possible that we you know just go mad and ascribe meaning where there is none that's true we can do that a lot but also a lot of the time i think that's part of it like you giving it meaning is why it has meaning at all you know absolutely so like there's really there's no wrong answers that's what's the best part (laughs) we can't be wrong upsets high school students all over oh man i used to be so mad i was like why would they do like no author would ever do that and it's like well maybe they would but they wouldn't also have to do it like it might just happen and you can still talk about it yeah like it i like back in like high school i was so opposed to the idea that like an author would do anything on purpose right you know? and like now that i know more like i've heard authors speak about things i'm like oh they totally would like they they absolutely would like purposefully use an alliteration i guess that's not a good example because you pretty much have to do that on purpose yeah, but they would purposefully anyway, like, like you notice that one. reference things or display certain characters in certain ways, things that sort of come off as meaningless, particularly because in school we were made to write stories, right? Right. But we didn't really know we we knew the basics of a story, but right, they, they, you they teach you the structure. Mm-hmm. They like see these grandmaster ideas where they're like, oh, this refers to this, and this is, like, symbolism and themes. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, themes was a big one. Themes is a tough one. Because mm-hmm. I usually, like, don't get themes for a few. Like, if I read a book, well, if I listen to a song, I have to listen to it a couple times, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, look up the lyrics and, like, think about it. Versus, like, if I read a book, like, am I going to read a book three times to get the themes out of it? Probably not. No. So, like, I have to, like, look up discussions, you know, and talk about it with other people. Yeah, absolutely. And it's hard to find people who are interested in the same things. And I wasn't interested in doing that in high school, for sure. So, anyway. No, and they, and again, they don't make it interesting off, but... in school. We're, we're off topic. We're talking about the failings of the education system in terms of teaching yeah. humanities-based subjects. <laughs> yeah, but anyway. So, and now we're doing that uh, every week. So, it's fun. Yeah. Apparently, it's, uh, it's fun for me now. I, I mean, not, it is. Not something I ever thought I'd be doing. Even when I was getting my English degree and we would actually, like, go over poetry and things. I was like... Nobody fucking does this. Poetry? Poetry. No. Poetry. Who does poetry? Poetry. Poetry. All right. And here we are, Alex. Let's talk about stones. Let's talk about mouth stones. I woke up this morning with stones in my mouth. Said those were only the lies you've told me. Those are only... So here I have, again, more probably unrelated facts. Okay. So, Throw me so some mouth sal- stones. Salivary stones are a condition. I also Googled so, mouth stones. <laughs> yes. Um, cranes in South Turkey, so the birds' cranes, right. will put, put stones in their mouth to prevent them from cackling, because apparently they just do that ad nauseum. And so they do that to prevent them from making noise that attracts eagles, who will then murder them and eat them. Wow, stones, huh? Yes. Some and animals then, swallow stones to help them digest food. That's right. And Also, again, like, I, birds <laughs> put stones in their gizzard or whatever to help break up food, I think. Yeah. 
Yeah, I believe you were correct on that. You got more Mouthstone facts? I got, so there was a dream site, a dream interpretation site that says uh, a dream in which there are stones in your mouth usually signifies a period of bad luck and disappointments, or it can signify disappointment over someone or something. Often it's related to your job. Oh, jobs. Now, does any of that help with interpretation of this song? No, I don't Probably think so. Probably not. No. I think, I mean, he pretty explicitly says, I think, the stones are lies. Mm-hmm. They literally say, those are only the lies you've told me. Um, and he's spitting them out, and they are still lies. But, like, I, I mean, I really think that's what it is. Like, he can feel them in his mouth. And I think it just means, like, it's a song about, like, honesty. Yeah. Kind of. Like, it's about how if you are dishonest then that makes it difficult to speak physically well not physically but like it's more difficult because you have to keep that in mind and like you have to play that character so then over time it becomes more and more difficult to maintain that i think that's what i got out of it and also it does not feel good to tell lies the it's stones in your mouth that's not an appealing taste he's trying to spit them out but like he still Mm -hmm. feels them there like he can't and the big thing is, with the, the phrase, those were only the lies you've told me. Right. Is that, that, I guess, one, it's just like, these are the physical representation of these lies, but maybe, if these are the lies you've told me, how many more lies have not been spoken? I suppose. There's the idea that there is more. Because I think when I'm reading the line, only the lies you've told me, it assumes that like a moment of honesty has occurred, and that you oh, the lies you told it. me about versus like things you haven't now elucidated. Mm-hmm. So, so these are only the lies that I know about, right? Or like, I guess like there's also like you can lie by omission or whatever. So like, not necessarily mm-hmm. telling someone something explicitly. Yeah. Um, and I. I don't think the the relationship in this song ends. No. They just talk about do you? I think with uh for me with the concept of uh and this is just imagery based but a dirt brown winter field a thousand right. black, black, black crows, crows it's very much death imagery the autumn wind blows through the trees if it's not ended it is certainly coming to an end. Right, it's not in a good place cuz it's based on dishonesty. Mm-hmm. And they talk about lies. Yeah. So this, because like at first I was like, oh, I don't know. Uh, I wasn't sure. And I guess with the line, uh, I woke up this morning. This is something I've just kind of been uh, putting pieces together from. But Bruce Springsteen occasionally uses the the vulnerability of of waking up, the moment between dreams and being fully awake. Right. As sort of a focal point of songs. It happens in this. It happens in Moonlight Motel on the same album. It happens in Valentine's Day from Tunnel of Love. And uh, uh, I'm on Fire from Born in the USA. Right. The sort of, like, time between, like, day and night when, like, things are stirring, but it's still kind of that reflective period of, like, you are maybe in a groggy state. You kind of have that time to think about things before you have to do things for your day. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of diurnal, I think, because he does morning, but also nighttime. So, like, evening and morning. I think he yeah. does it in both. 
And there's just always this the right idea word. of like unrest, even in rest. Not diurnal. What's the word? What do you like? Like uh, um, activity during daytime and um, crepuscular. It's just it's it describes an animal that's active at dawn and dusk. Okay. Yeah. So it's a fun word that I always forget and say diurnal instead. Diurnal means during the day. Nocturnal yes. means at night, and crepuscular is in between the two. Hmm. Yeah, so there is this great activity that happens at what is, I guess, generally thought to be almost the most restful moments. Mm-hmm. Because you're kind of relaxed and you your mind can wander. Mm-hmm. There's a vulnerability there that allows yeah. things to happen. Okay. Yeah, I see that. Well, it allows stones to form in your mouth. Mm-hmm. Your salivary stones. That's the worst time for salivary stones. That would be terrible. Stones just no come kidding, out. Right? Like, how does that even work? <sighs> I don't know. Are they little? It's just like grit. I should hope so. Ugh. Yeah, I, I, I would assume more like gravel than like, uh, like, the like rocks, rocks you would use. Yeah, just... yeah, I don't want it. I don't want it at all. And then uh, just like some of the ideas, like he says, I sat on the edge of our bed. That seems to imply uh, a leaving after that. That's true. It's true. Got that. Yeah, I wasn't sure. I th- almost thought the song, like, I gotta listen to the music a bit. But I was thinking the song sounded a little more, like, almost triumphant musically. There is. It definitely swells. Not really. I don't know if it's swells triumphant, though. Maybe triumphant is the wrong word. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I would, I would say, like, in terms of knowing really what the the song is about and this is another one that bookends the first line as the the last line as well right says, i woke up this morning with stones in my mouth <clears throat> which are the lies coming out i guess mm-hmm. and just like there are so many ideas of leaving in it i pulled my collar to the wind and spit them on the ground and um, sorry did you want to hear more drinking sounds yeah please hit me with it okay Hang on, let me just make like undo some bong bottle. water noises. How was that? It's great. Sweet. Will liked it too. That's good. <laughs> yeah, so that is stones. Yeah. Let's talk about There Goes My Miracle. There goes my miracle. Probably some of the like hardest he's singing yeah, when he like goes up is, on the uh, chorus. I would say like I put this is the most traditionally composed one, and that's like Bruce Springsteen belting on the chorus, and then like yeah. very plainly you can hear drums, guitar, and bass. There's even hand clapping and a little electric guitar. Like there's still strings and stuff too, but there is much more emphasis on the traditional instruments here. Yeah, and even like it comes in with. Like, the strings mostly at the beginning, but it's another, like, riff. So we've got another... It's been pretty low since Sleepy Joe's Cafe. And this is the one that's a little bit more more upbeat compared to those. Yeah. It reminds me of Show Me the Way by Styx. How so? Just in the choruses, they're kind of similar, right? There goes my miracle. Like, he kind of belts it, and the same thing happens in Styx. Show me the way. 
take me tonight to the river. Oh, anyway, oh. um, fucking hate that song. But so anyway. it's more. <laughs> so almost like a religious aspect, you think? Yeah, you think? in some sense, maybe. Because the question is, in terms of the lyrics, this miracle is walking away from him. Yes. And yet the the way it's sung sounds very uplifting. So I'm wondering, I that was kind of where I was stuck on it too, because he doesn't. Know, he's searching for his love, but then he finds her. She's just walking away from him. So is she yeah. leaving him for real, or does he just see her and is like, "Oh, I better go over there and say hi." Like, yeah, is he just like one step behind her? Is that kind of the thing? Like, like there she goes. Not necessarily like it does say walking away a lot though. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I was stuck on this one because this one again almost like it was more upbeat and it seemed a little bit more happy. Yeah, it really does. Um, and to call someone your miracle <clears throat> is uh, yeah to put it's quite high praise. Like yeah, like it's a miracle that that they found each other kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So well, there's a moog on this one according to the track info. Ooh. I suppose the bridge plays a a big role in the interpretation here where he says, look what you've done, and then eventually towards the end becomes, look what we've done. Okay. And what that means, I don't know, but it's the darkest part of the song for sure. And it takes the blame from being to one person to, in fact, an other person to being both yourself and someone else right and there's still like this there's heartbreak Mm -hmm. involved pretty explicitly uh so yeah i don't know i i have trouble trouble with this one yeah me too you know they gotta follow the the rules of love or whatever but yeah it's disobeyed by fools which i think implies they broke the rules yeah and they are fools it could very well be. So maybe... So is is she walking away because he broke the rules? Because he is a fool? Perhaps he's a fool. But he still seems so excited about seeing her. Walking away. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, man. If I just read the words, I would probably think that she was leaving. Yeah. But they've both oh. done something. Like you said, They look at what we've done. What have they look done? Look what we've done. Together. Ah. And, uh, yeah. So uh, I'm not 100% on this one right now. And the repeated line in this one, the one that ends it, is, again, the first line. It's sunrise, sundown. Yeah, I kind of like the way they start, the, the way he starts the verses in this one. It's sunrise, sundown, and then it's moonlight, moon bright, and then it's heartache, heartbreak. So it's kind of got like two. It's a good, good little, good little bit of poetry, I guess. Yeah, I suppose so. It's uh, I wonder, I wonder. There goes my miracle. Is it? Is he still? Like, is this a relationship that ended, but was still, even in its failures, uplifting? Like. It's a, I guess, like it's, they both learned and grew from it. Like it's a miracle mm-hmm. that it happened, and they're both better people now, and it's over. But that's not necessarily a sad thing. Yeah, so it's like a bittersweet kind of thing. Uh, I think bittersweet is probably uh, more likely, just given the rest of the album. 
Yeah, that seems to be yeah, an overarching theme is the bittersweetness yeah. of it. So, I'd say that. Yeah. Yeah, let's uh, move on to Hello Sunshine. Let's talk about Hello Sunshine. Had enough of heartbreaking pain. Had a little sweet spot for the rain. So this was the first single released for the album, and it is pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. So this one's about, I mean, there's the sunshine. The sunshine comes in, and it seems to be like happiness. The sunshine is happiness. Um, and this is, I mean, Bruce Springsteen has talked in interviews about, like, his experiences with like depression and anxiety mm-hmm. a little bit um i don't know how much he's touched on it but he's definitely talked about like how he kind of originally got into performing because performing made him feel better yeah i that came up in one of the interviews i watched right and well. i think he met, talked about talks about it in his book but i have not read that yeah i haven't um, read the book unfortunately so this kind of sounds to me like he's talking about that a bit and he's talking about like he says hello sunshine won't you stay but he also says like he has a sweet spot for the rain so i think he talks about how like it can be tempting to like dwell in in those negative thoughts Mm -hmm. but even though like he wants to be happy like there's still this temptation to to not chase that happiness necessarily or to to go back to the the down times it's and in it, I think he does say in a in some way that it is natural to feel lonely at times, and it's okay to like that, right? But it's uh, and it comes in the line he says, you know, I always like my walking shoes, but you can get a little too fond of the blues. Yeah, you can become like you very fall, attached to your own depression. You fall in love with lonely, you end up that way. Exactly, you end up that way. Needs a little sunshine. So like he's kind of talking about like his own personal balance between like that isolation that like lonesome introspective time but also you know the the group and working with other people yeah and and also inviting in happiness yeah allowing yourself to be happy yeah but also dealing with the fact that it's not always going to be there absolutely and this is uh i mean that's that really sums up the lyrics this is the most prominent track for bass coming through on the mix. And it is a very simple, like, country bass line, but it opens up the track and it's just boom, 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 boom. And it's got some, like, cool drums, too. Yeah. They, they're almost like the kind of driving theme of the, the Tucson train percussion, but yeah, not necessarily idea. replicating a train. Right, but they do have that driving feeling, and I agree. Mm-hmm. The bass does sound very country in this one. It's like just like the boom, 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 boom. But I don't know what that is necessarily, really. But it's like a, yeah, it's sure something a about the simplicity interval. of it. Yeah, pattern. Little grassroots, little country. Yeah, this is like a. I think it's a pretty it like coming out as the first single of the album. I think it's a pretty strong representation of the album. Yeah, it's a solid, definitely, and it's like a little more catching because of the drums in the beginning, mm-hmm. kind of get into that rhythm. 
And it is a real, uh, it's a real road song, even looking at the music video, which is literally just shots of a car for the most part on a desert road. Right, that driving rhythm, that driving rhythm definitely helps with that sort of like driving songs. They literally call it a driving rhythm, but I don't think that's, that's, I don't think it means the same thing, but I don't know, it's it's one of those things that maybe doesn't, isn't supposed to mean the same thing, but it kind of holds it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then right at the end. Oregon. That's right, baby. Boy, howdy, is there an organ. Just a little bit, actually. Like, there's barely an organ. It just comes in a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, so, uh, yeah. yeah, like, this is a real classic country-sounding vibe. Yeah. And also, like, seems like a very personal... I mean, all of it's probably personal, but, like, this seems like a very personal thing, like, from Springsteen, just like, hey. Mm-hmm. Like, this is just him talking about a thing. Yeah, it's that very much he's speaking from his own experience, but it is something that a lot of people can relate to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's a good sentiment, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, talking about having to deal with that, that sort of thing is probably going to be pretty, uh, pretty common. Yeah. Let's talk about Moonlight Motel. There's a place on a blank stretch of road where nobody travels Nobody goes and desk man says these days round here. Let is talk let us talk about the finale. The finale. The finale. So in an Moonlight album full Motel. of a sort of melancholy tracks in a sense, this is I think the saddest song. Yeah, I mean there's a lot of finger picked guitar, that's for sure. Too damn right. <laughs> um this one is about it's about a motel. Well, it's yeah. not about a motel. It's it mostly a, takes place yeah. at a motel, but not always. It kind of starts with a flashback, I guess. Yeah, it must be, right? Because the desk man yeah. is there. So they're talking, he talks about, it's a guy talking about um, going to a, this motel, but it sounds like kind of over the years. Because he's like, yeah. or not necessarily. No, he goes to this motel. Him, a young couple goes to this motel. There are rustling sheets. What could that mean? Um, and wilted just, flowers. Just trying to get comfortable, man. Yeah, just rustling around. Um, and it's like they're in. Sorry, I'm just reading through it real quick again. Um, well, they're in a very isolated location. It's a place on a blank stretch of road where nobody travels and nobody goes. Right. So it's not like Sleepy Joe's Cafe. It is not a gold mine. Um, no one goes there. They are there. It sounds like they did go there more than once. Well, yeah, because if you look into the last line, he says, I pulled in and stopped into my old spot, which oh, implies... Right. So this, right, he goes back, but it's just like his memories. Mm-hmm. So he goes back and the place is abandoned. And he's talking yeah. about how, like... After they, they went to this motel, you know, they, they're together. But then, like, life happened. There's Bills and Kids. There's Kids and Bills. Kids and Bills, I assume yeah. that's the name of all their kids. They just named them all Bill. It's weird. Um, <laughs> I don't know. And then they, something happened. They, they, she's Well, gone. she died. She's dead. Yeah, she seems to be dead. Does it, yeah. I don't think, I'm just trying to see if it says that. But, like, she, she seems to I, not. I think your like, biggest didn't just tell, like leave, although maybe she left and took the kids. That could be, but it was. It doesn't and, and seem like, like that to me. 
It doesn't sound no, like that. No, it's the shot poured out into the parking lot. Oh, that's right. Well, I guess right. that, that right. one's for the Moonlight Motel, but... Yeah, that's why you pour one out for the homies. You pour one out for the homies because they're not around anymore. Yeah, but that's interesting, though, because he specifically says, poured one for me and one for you as well. Then it was one more shot poured out into the parking lot for the Moonlight Hotel. Oh, so he pours one out for the motel. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But, maybe maybe she's not dead. I feel like she's dead, but maybe she's not. See... I don't know. Well, that last line, does it mean he actually poured three shots or did he pour two and just says like, and then he poured it out for her, but like also the Moonlight Motel who kind yeah. of represents it's, um, her. I would say piece. it would be odd to pour a shot for somebody who isn't there, but is still alive. Yes. No, I think she's dead for sure. Yeah. Um, it's just, did he pour two shots or three? That's the important thing. That's I what think, we need to focus I on. Th- think he pours three okay because he very specific i don't need convincing that's uh, one for me accept it (laughs) one for you then one more right one for the homies yeah Uh, in this case the homie um because the dying of the moonlight motel also represents the dying of the of her in a way and of that relationship And I think even in the line, it's bills and kids, kids and bills, and the ringing of the bell across the valley floor through the dusty screen door of the Moonlight Motel. It's, again, their relationship is sort of rooted and attached to this motel. Yes, the motel is a metaphor for their relationship. Mm Mm-hmm. Sorry, I decided to finally read through my notes. Uh, which are right here. Uh, there's oh, also good. another a line I liked. Well, there's a few things. One, I mean, the imagery on this album is so solid. Um, there's so much like just talking about like dandelions growing through cracks and rusted fences. But like, let me see. There's another one. Uh, fuck. What was I even gonna say? I don't know, man. It, there's a lot of there's a lot of that. But, yeah. It, sorry. And it's, the, yeah. No, go ahead. This is not really that point, but the point, the thing I wanted to mention, um, there's a line where he says, it's better to have loved. Yeah, it's better to have loved. And then kind of the next line, like as I drove. Um, but that's like part of the saying, like it's better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all is kind of the mm-hmm. cliche. So what I got from it is he's sort of saying it like he's, one one he repeats, which often means he's trying to con- you're trying to convince yourself of something, um, and he doesn't actually finish the saying. So I think not finishing the saying is kind of significant because it means that like he's having trouble because that's something she said. So he's having trouble thinking about something she said, but also he's trying right. to convince himself it's true, even though he's very sad. Mm-hmm. And from the perspective of a, a songwriter, it's Bruce Springsteen knows that we know that line. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it, it's much smarter to leave it at the first half rather than yeah, give us the full to. bit. For sure. It's punchy. Yeah, it's, it's punchy, yeah, and you're right. It gives a more human angle on that line. And uh, like we mentioned before, the pool is filled with empty, eight foot deep. It's a good line. Eight that's, feet. Is that deep for a pool? Not really. It's like normal. That's like, yeah, it's like normal pool size. 
Um, yeah, and just just the imagery of this sort of busted up place. And uh, and again, we have the idea that I brought up earlier of, he says, last night I dreamed of you, my lover, and the wind blew through the window and blew off the covers of my lonely bed. I woke to something you said. So there's that that space between dreams and waking where like deep emotional things seem to happen in Bruce Springsteen songs. Generally, yeah, that's how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. And then he just kind of like sits in this parking lot. And uh, drinks a little, little bit of Jack Daniels, mm-hmm. and thinks about the past. Can you imagine if this album was called Jack Daniels Presents? Jack Daniels Western Stars. I feel like uh, I probably could have done that. Does it come up more than once? No, it's just this one. Okay, but I'm just remembering WestJet Presents. Yeah, fucking, I don't even remember that guy's name. Yeah, me neither. Sean Jones, I want to say. That's- that's just like a this is a name. This is a normal name. Yeah. That's the Sean kind of Jones name I'd expect a person it. to have. And there's two of them. Yeah. By which I mean there was one who was like a trumpet player or something. Anyway, yeah. And I mean like the it's again like the 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 music is slow in this one and like it's a lot of the finger picking and it kind of like there's slow builds on the other stuff, but it's it's again it's soft cuz it's just a dude like sitting sitting in a parking lot yeah and like there's occasional there's like some symbol in this one that's what i noticed too it's just like sh- okay. that kind of like yeah one that kind of rings build. out yeah yeah um but yeah it kind of ends on like a sh- like a symbol and then just gives you a couple seconds to think about it as it fades out yeah, it's a it's a and song it's that like slowly lays the album to rest as much as the first track kind of slowly brings it to life, right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I I would agree with that. It's playing us out for real. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. There's that symbol. Up. Yeah. And then yeah. it just like gives you time to think. And then the album loops cuz you have the loop album selected on Spotify of course, and you're naturally. Like, ah, shit. Not again. <laughs> so that is, uh, that's the whole album. That's all 13 tracks. That took us, I'm guessing, two, two and a half hours. Yeah, we're hours. almost at two and a half hours. So that's Holy shit. Um, okay, let's break yep. this down real briefly. Okay. Just give me a general overview of the album, Alex. Like positive, negative. Best song on it, worst song. Let's go. I don't know about best song, worst song. That's tough. Because, like, it's... I don't know. It, 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 they all work well together, you know? Mm-hmm. It um, really is an album. I'm not sure I would listen to singles on this. Yeah, maybe Sleepy Joe's Cafe. Um, but so, uh, some of it works. I mean, it works definitely separately. I, I don't know. Um, I, will this enter my, my general Springsteen listening? Maybe. Maybe. Undecided. Um, mm-hmm. Because... It is so like introspective and slow, and that's not necessarily what I want to listen to all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'd have to be in the mood, the right mood. Absolutely. Um, and maybe, maybe I need to listen to more music like this. Um, but I don't. I don't even. I don't. I don't even know how I could pick a a, a favorite and least favorite song. Because like I like it wouldn't mean much. 
because there's not one that I liked a ton more than any of them. And even if there was one I liked the least, it's not that I didn't like it. Really. There wasn't one that was just a dud, I don't think. Um, No, I would agree. So, I don't know. Uh, I I don't know if I can make that call, man. That's fair. So, overall, you a positive opinion of the album? I liked it. I did. Um... For a lot of the reasons, you know, we've been talking about for the last two and a half hours. Holy crap. Um, But I didn't, wasn't super into it at first because it's so slow. But there's a lot there if you you give it a chance. And I I don't like to make that kind of snap judgment because, like, um, my big example is Clockwork Angels, um, Rush's last album. Right. I didn't really like it at first, but then I, you know, gave it another chance and then another chance. And then event- yeah. I did, you know, it, it grew on me quite a bit. And I was a big fan of it by the time we, we went and saw them live mm-hmm. and they performed a lot of it. And it was really great. It was re- yeah. And that's what see. like convinced me of that album was hearing it live. Yeah. So, um, I did, I did like it generally. Like I liked listening to it and I liked writing about it. So it was a good time. It's not mm-hmm. the like most catchy thing for me. Like it's all very slow and subdued. So if you're in that kind of uh, headspace, it might be a, a good thing to bust out. It's definitely yeah. like clearly there's a lot of thought going into it. You know, there's no there's no like big solos or anything. You know, it's not a a huge thing instrumentally. You know, it 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 stays in its its space in terms of sounds, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does it well. It's clearly some some talent on display there. So, yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think it would be easy if you just cursory listen to this to dismiss it as being sort of repetitive. Like a lot of the the things we talked about instrumentally are kind of present in all the songs. Right, and, and if- we. Not even just that, but like some of the themes are somewhat repetitive. Like, there's a few songs about like a guy who had to leave a girlfriend behind and go somewhere and do something, and like what mm-hmm. wishes she was there. Like, like that does come up a couple times, and maybe that is a weakness. I don't know. Yeah, and he. Well, it's definitely in the realm of cliche. True, and almost like like he says he starts it first thing same old no that's not the first thing second thing mm-hmm. second, second track song, same old story love and glory like like you've heard this before but here it is this is mm-hmm. the you know the story of America or whatever yeah it's definitely like I'm it's not at all my favorite Bruce Springsteen album I'm appreciating it a lot more than I thought I would. Yeah, like I, yeah, I agree. I can appreciate it, and I think it's a solid thing. Mm-hmm. And and uh, and I enjoyed listening to it. Yeah, I think it's worth a listen, and I'm excited to see what comes next with this album he's going to release with the E Street Band. For sure, it, especially it's if probably going to be entirely touring. different. But I, I, yeah, I would think so. Uh, e Street Band tends to be a lot more raucous and upbeat. Yeah. Um. But if yeah, if it doesn't mean he's touring, I would hope he's coming uh, close to here. Yeah, I would hope so, so as I would, well. I would probably drive it a distance for that. Fucking A. So that's been our review of Western Stars by Bruce Springsteen. 
if you'd like to share your opinions with us, uh, you can tweet at us, hashtag CoverMePod, at Jake the Cressy, at some Alex Wise guy. If you want to email us about it, that's CoverMePod at gmail.com. Now, uh, before we go, there's no bonus segment this week, but I forgot to do this at the top of the episode. Hashtag better for September, Alex. What's your progress? Oh, what's my progress? Uh, okay. Um, I went rock climbing for the first time this week. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, I went bouldering. So that is part of that initiative. And uh, right now, my forearms are very tight because it was just on Friday. But um, hopefully that will build up some grip strength, and that's going to help out with, uh, with uh, healing going forward fucking a that's tight yeah so that's well it is that's the problem but that is the problem but we're, we're fixing it, it up that's yeah good. so that's that's what happened this week that's how this week is going what's your what what were you working on i can't remember i'm working on this podcast making it better. oh great the podcast what do you oh so i think the main thing we did to make this podcast better is make it longer yeah so on that uh grounds i have decided i'm going to start doing i, I believe bi-weekly meaning oh. once every two weeks and not uh twice a week but uh blog posts to kind of coincide with stuff we do on the podcast and kind of expand on ideas which i'll be posting on my uh portfolio page that's jakecressy.ca you can find the link on my twitter profile and shit but yeah i'll just be posting a blog post occasionally to just talk about music shit kind of expand on things we talk about here just a little company piece to the regular podcast yeah sounds good man engage with the community i like it yeah just or expanding our influence content. yeah um yeah this has been another episode to cover me uh i've been your host as always jake cressy uh and as we always uh, rate us review us spotify stitcher itunes google play apple Podcasts, podbean tell your friends about us talk to us on on social media and as we always say on cover me you gotta keep your covers on me I feel like we've Maybe. used that one. Let's okay, as we always say on cover me. <laughs> there ain't no cover like a cover me cover. Cause a cover me cover don't me. <laughs> <laughs>